It's time for Mac Break Weekly. Andy, Alex, Renee, they're all here. They've all been studying hard. And we will give you the final, definitive, everything you need to know about Apple's new child pornography plans, what it means, how it works, and what the problems are. This is, uh, this is one you're not going to want to miss. We'll also talk about some new Apple TV programming. And um, we've got some tips as well. It's all coming up next on MacBreak Weekly. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is MacBreak Weekly, episode 778. Recorded Tuesday, August 10th, 2021. Hatch my eggs. MacBreak Weekly is brought to you by Udacity. Gain in-demand tech skills in as little as three months with Udacity's part-time online tech courses. Visit udacity.com slash twit and get 75% off any program with code twit75. Limited time offer. And by AT&T Active Armor. We rely so much on our phones these days and are always on them. Whether it's live streaming content, catching up with family on weekly video calls, or watching your favorite podcast, there's no room for fraud calls. Thankfully, AT&T makes customer security a priority, helping block those pesky calls. It's not complicated. AT&T Active Armor. 24-7 proactive network security and fraud call blocking to help stop threats at no extra charge. Compatible device and service required. Visit att.com slash activearmor for details. It's time for Mac Break Weekly, the show we cover the latest Apple news. Our team has assembled Alex Lindsay from 090.media and, of course, officehours.global. Good day, Alex. Hello, hello. Do you sometimes lose track of what time of day or night it is? <laughs> it, it is. It, it it does get. It turns into a little bit of a yeah. of a wash, you know. Because yeah. now that office hours is twenty four seven. Like I was like hanging out last night cleaning, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to jump into office hours. Yeah, it's the Next Las thing Vegas I know, I of podcasts. You keep <laughs> yeah, exactly. the curtains drawn. You don't need to know the sun has come up. Yep. Good to see you. From, Good to be here. Also, Andy Anako, who spent the morning shaving. <laughs> it was it, it wasn't a six-hour process it's just, it was just one of those like you you make the you make the call at 10 a.m that no you know what i don't need to shave and then like 10 minutes before you're supposed your people are going to be seeing you your 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 faith and your judgment lapses you're like you know what i gotta really just shave in case i i i, for, I forget i have i have a decent camera now and people you do that i, will, I tell you alex has raised the bar for all of us yep I am now the lowest quality camera, even though I'm in studio and you guys are all on Zoom. <laughs> my quality is terrible, which is good because the bag's in my eyes. You know, I need an eye light. I need a, can you get me a light, right? That's what Peter Jennings used to have. A light right there, firing into the bags, flattens them right out. Right, Alex? That's all you need. Just an eye light. Yeah, there, there's, um, who had those? And CMDC and, and at the Wall Street, and, and yeah. Wall Street. ABC, Peter Jennings, like, famous. Luma pads, they're like yeah. Roscoe pad, Luma yeah. pads, I think, are the things yeah. they put up there, yeah. Famous, the, you know, that Peter Jennings just had a little light, and it's on your desk firing right in your eyes. I don't know how, how you get used to that, but anyway, uh, it certainly helps. <laughs> also, somebody does not need an eye light, but now has a pop filter, so, you know, uh, each each to his own, Mr. Renee so Ritchie. Close. Hey, Renee Ritchie. <laughs> hey, Leo. 
I'm so happy. I spent three days making the toughest 43 minute video of my life, and now I can just relax and talk comic books and no, and no, with you folks. no, it's, no, what? no, wait, no, no, wait. no, <laughs> wrong. Because of course, everybody knows this is uh, this is the show where we talk about Apple's quote expanded protections for children. Think of the children. Apple.com, if, if you haven't already heard this discussion ad nauseum, uh, but I thought, you know, this is MacBreak Weekly. If, if anywhere, we should be talking about it. A little bit better. Start with Apple's page, which is Apple.com slash child safety. Uh, and if you go to the page, you will understand better what they're doing. By the way, better than a lot of mainstream media, what they're doing. And then if you really care, there's a frequently asked questions. There's a white paper on how they're doing it. Uh, in, I'll give you the brief, succinct version and correct me if I'm wrong, because it is easy to get this wrong. Apple's actually it's super complicated. They announced three different initiatives all under one uh, rubric of detecting child pornography, or as they call it, CSAM, child sexual abuse material. They're uh, going to scan images in iCloud photos. They are also going to scan images on your iPad and iPhone, use it, it starting with iOS. 15. But scan, we need to understand what that means. They are going to use a database of essentially fingerprints, hashes, from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, here and after referred to as NECMEC. NECMEC has maintained this database for some time. It's, uh, it's created using a perceptual hash technology that was developed by Microsoft and given to NECMEC by Microsoft. It creates what NECMEC claims is a unique hash for known child pornography, images that are known to be child pornography. That child pornography cannot be held by any other organization for obvious reasons. You don't want to distribute it. So the U.S. government created and funded NECMEC to do this. They hold those images. They create that hash. And then companies like Facebook, they've been doing it for some time. Google, they've been doing it for some time. And now Apple use that database to match, and they create on their end a similar hash using a similar technology and then check. And if the fingerprints match, and Apple says there's a one in one trillion, which we'll get to, a one in one trillion chance of a false positive, that's a little check mark. And Apple has some threshold at some point at which if there are enough check marks, they notify NECMEC. Uh, we've got, you know, somebody who's got uh, CSAM, and then I don't know what NECMEC does. But presumably, they turn you over to the law enforcements. Yes. Uh, now, we should be clear that Apple's doing this in three different ways. iCloud Photos, there's, uh, before an image goes to iCloud Photos, there's an on-device matching process uh, that, that checks against the NECMEC database. There's also, uh, uh, they've got, that's when this threshold secret sharing, sharing system, which Apple developed, comes into uh, place. The, the contents of the vouchers generated by this uh, uh, cryptographic process cannot be interpreted by Apple unless the iCloud Photos account crosses the threshold of known CSAM content. They don't say what the threshold is, but they say it is set to provide an extremely high level of accuracy and ensures less than one in one trillion chance per year of incorrectly flagging a given account. <sighs> then, once it crosses that threshold, Apple manually reviews each report to confirm there's a match. In other words, a, a lower quality copy of that image is sent to a human being at Apple 
who what is he matching against? It can't be the actual image because they don't have the images. So I guess they're they looking. Have, yeah, it's it's the num it's the hash the and then the, the low res version of the image if they have to. Yeah. I guess they can look at the low the res image and say job. yes, that's porno, oh, yeah. child porn. Okay. Then they disable account report net to netmec netmec. If the user feels the account has been mistakenly flagged, they can file an appeal. Uh, there is also another technology being done on the phone and is stays on the phone, uh, and it's used now. This one is a little less clear. So, Renee, uh, you might want to help me on this one. For sure. Um, there, it, the, in Syrian search, they're going to provide, Apple says, additional resources to help children and parents stay safe online and get help with unsafe situations. For example, users who ask Siri how they can report CSAM or child exploitation will be pointed to an appropriate spot. It is that this is that that's not controversial. This might be a little bit more. Siri and search are being updated to intervene when users perform searches for queries related to CSAM. They'll say, hey, you know, that's harmful, and problematic, et cetera, et cetera, and provide resources from partners. That's coming to iOS 15, iPad OS 15, Watch OS 8, and Mac OS Monterey. And then if you are uh, under 13, if you're a child, uh, Images sent to and from you are being scanned in the same way. And it, I, this I wasn't clear, Renee. Do they have to cross that threshold? Probably not. If, if no. it, even one incident, it will then notify the parent. It does not. Yeah, so this is a different. Oh, that's yeah, a new it's, technology. A, it's a very different system and it's causing a lot of confusion. Th this is not being matched against anything. The matching is only for existing um, images on um, images. Yeah. This is for images that are being sent to a child. So everything about it's not an iMessage feature at all because it also works with SMS and MMS. It's built into the messenger client. So it uses computer vision. And if it determines like the same way the photos app can tell you if it's a cat or a car, this will, will determine if it's an explicit sexual image and then it will blur it automatically. So that's not really CSAM. That could it. be pornography of any no. kind or it's anything that's detected to be explicit sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know how that, how well that works in, in the past. We've seen yeah. systems like this that have not worked very well. But again, this doesn't the, go to the police or neck This goes exactly. to parents. All right. The, the state, go ahead. I'm so that's the three. That's the three different things it's doing. Have I left the anything? Controversial out? aspect to this one is that it, it, if the person is under is is twelve years old or under, the parent can also optionally. It's all opt in. It's not on by by default, but they can opt in to getting a notification. So if the child hits, show me the picture anyway. They'll put up a warning. If the kid says, "I, I still want to see it," they'll put up a second warning saying, "If you look at this, your parent's going to be notified." And if they hit that anyway, they'll send a notification. And some people worry that this will out. If it's a non-hetero image, for example, it will lead to outing, which can lead to abuse or abandonment or issues like that. Here's the. Yeah, uh, but there's, but there's here's the four different, here's the four different screens that a, a child uh, would see um, and the four different yeah. levels. And, of course, this is the final and one. And sending and receiving. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a, there, we should mention there is a refinement on this, though. Specifically, this is the, that is what happens if the user is 12 years old or younger. Uh, if it's a teenager... Uh, the the tool will say, "Hey, by the way, this t this seems to be explicit content, and you have to be, you have to uh, willingly tap on it to get it." But specifically, if it's a teenager, then the parent does not get notified. It's just simply under between thirteen. The, it's the exact no no no. Between, it's a teenager between thirteen and seventeen. Uh, and oh, wait, they the just parent. get that warning though. I was talking about earlier. Right, exactly. Yeah. So so if you're a teenager, so basically uh, uh, within that understood demographic of uh of kids who are more sexually aware who might be 
again sexting. exploring sexuality yeah. and not not want to talk, not want to share certain things with their parents. The parents can uh, can activate or deactivate the broader feature, but if they're a teenager, they cannot enable the feature that says if the if the uh, if the child uh, if the teenager uh, decides to uh, view this uh, explicit image suspected. Suspe- uh, explicit image inside the messages app the parent will be if, uh, will be notified this will not happen cannot happen if it's a teenager uh however that siri and back either so that siri and if the child is sorry. go ahead sorry i was gonna say if, if the child is over 13 and they want to try to roll it back to control it anyway you you can't change the age of an under 13 account you could create a new one Got but it. you can't you can't make someone under 13 again if they've already been under 13 uh, and does the Syrian search thing only apply to people, uh, to children, or does it apply to everyone? Everyone. It applies to everybody, okay. but all of this stuff is U.S. only. Yeah, it's a, it's a the the Syrian search thing is more of a general information sort right. of resource, uh, and I have, and we also should co- should call out the when you think about uh, this warnings that you that uh, twelve years old and younger get you th- you imagine like ah, 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 nanny patrol has blocked the transmission of this. It's actually a very conversational sort of hey. We want to let you know that we think that this might be explicit. You may or may not want to view this, and it's okay if you decide not to see this. And also, very, very gently saying, "Here's what you might be in for." Like, that it's a, it does, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't anticipate that this is like a 22 year old who's being given these messages. That it basically talks in the simple language that you would find helpful for a child to see if they have been swapping pictures between each other without really understanding what's going on. Or if they are unfortunately being groomed for future abuse, this is basically t- lets them know that you've done nothing wrong. This is there are people you can talk to about this. This is something that you might want to start to think more heavily about. So this is very. It, I think it was. I think it's been very very well done. There are well, we're going to talk about that in a second. There are um, there is a duty to report in the U.S. Uh, penal code. Um, they have to report, but what's important is there is a protection of privacy built into that penal code which says nothing in this section shall be construed to require a provider to monitor any user, subscriber, or customer, monitor the content. So, in other words, Apple's not required by the penal code to do this. They are required if they should find out in some other way. No requirement to scan. There's to a requirement report. to report if they do find they out. They have a requirement. Yeah. As a result, by the way, and we should point to give you some context, Facebook has reported last year in 2020 20.3 million reports of CSAM. 20 million out of reports. the 21 million they got 20 million were from facebook instagram and whatsapp yeah, yeah. In, in the same year apple made 265 265 compared to 20 million by the way facebook and google and are already google using 500,000 in fact i think many other yeah. cloud providers are using this nick mc database and the fingerprinting technology uh, yeah, Snapchat, in, Imager, Microsoft, all of them did hundreds of thousands of reports. Right, yeah. Anyone you could think of. And they're doing, of that, of they're doing that uh, against data stored in their cloud services in every, in every yes. account, every case. Well, yeah, they're, they're, run, as far uh, as I know, PhotoDNA runs on the cloud and does scans. Yeah. Yeah. Google is also doing matches against uh, attach, file attachments in Gmail as well. So That's right. Gmail is very, well. very emphatic. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Apple has done that in Apple Mail for several years as well. This is just the first time they're doing it in... Oh, that's in interesting. Apple I didn't Mail's, know that. So this yeah. is not or the first in, time they're yeah, doing it in, exactly. in Apple Mail. When you say Apple Mail, that's mail, no, Apple, uh, iCloud Mail. iCloud Mail. Very important. They're yeah. not doing it on the app. They're doing it in the cloud. As Yeah, in transit. They, 
they, they were doing they were doing a similar sort of uh, a if you search. use iCloud Mail, not not yeah. for other mail providers. All right, so I think we've laid the like you said they all do it. They all do it, but they all do it, and there's a very, very important distinction. They all do it in the cloud. Um, yeah. Nobody, as to my knowledge, Google does not do it on your Android device. Is that correct? As far as I understand, no. No. In fact, nobody does it on your your computer or your phone. Everybody that does it does it in uh, on their cloud service. Yeah. And, and in the case of Apple, it's a little bit farther in transit to and for Apple and Google – with mail and transit to and from. Yeah. Can, can, can I just say that I think that we're, we're going to talk a lot about the things that Apple is doing right and Apple, the things that we think Apple is doing wrong. I think the one thing after studying this for days and days that I think is unequivocally wrong is that, boy, did they screw up the messaging on this big time that when you uh, when you uh, when the word that comes out early on well bef- when the news has broken officially but they've yet to come out with the fact they've yet to send people out to give interviews and give more information they're allowing people to think that this is all one feature this idea of scanning things on your device uh, that uh, that applies to all of these new policies instead of uh, making it very very clear that there is one feature that will that will uh, scan photos looking for content matches that only applies to photos that you're uploading to uh, uploading to iCloud. There is a second feature uh, that does not involve the cops, does not involve criminal criminal investigation at all. That only affects uh, uh, messages that are being transmitted uh, to or from uh, a teenager or someone younger than that. And there is a third thing about that is simply informational based. It's amazing how much that. I'm, I'm not the I'm not the smartest knife in the in the onion box. However, the amount of time it took me to convince myself that we are indeed talking about two or three completely separate features with separate powers and separate limitations and separate threats and uh, uh, separate features that that was shocking for me that Apple dropped the ball that badly on the messaging of this. They could have they could have saved themselves so much hurt by saying by. By rolling these things out one at a time separately, by basically saying that we're having a, we're doing this, we're having a more active approach uh, uh, against uh, exposure of uh, of, of uh, abuse uh, abuse of children and exposure of children to uh, to sexually uh, advanced, let's say, imagery uh, and making. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. All I'm saying is that if they had done one thing about the on device stuff that uh, that only affects iCloud, one thing that only affects that uh, that only affects uh, the uh, the uh, communication between children. Make those two separate announcements on separate weeks. I think they could have saved themselves a whole bag of hurt. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, we and we're fortunate because we are now discussing it in the subsequent week after hearing from a lot of different voices. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, you know there is uh, a letter that has been signed by a lot of experts in the field: uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, the Center for Democracy and Technology. Um, somebody I highly respect, um, a, a security researcher and, and a cryptographer out of Johns Hopkins, uh, Matthew Green, all saying, Apple, stop, this is the wrong thing to do. Uh, the, most of the complaints involve the slippery slope argument. Some say the slippery slope fallacy that once you say you can do this, gov- other governments from other countries are going to come to you and say, good, now you have to match against... You know, pictures of uh, Tiananmen Square and, you know, thing and, yeah. and, and, and I think the, <clears throat> the problem is, is that it may be too late now. 
Like, like I think that Apple may have. They've announced the capability. Yeah, and, and even the if they is, said at this point up, we're not going to do it, they now we now know they can do it. So those countries yeah. are going to come to them, whether they don't or do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that I think that I feel like this is probably Apple trying to head off this this absolute like you can't get into the phone. You know, the soft point. Yeah, of that's that the is question. Always, Why did they always, do this now? That's I a, think it's the soft point for law enforcement that wants to get into your phone for a, a lot of reasons is always this subject, you yeah, know, of child pornography, of because yeah. it's a it's a soft point because it's indefensible. You know, like it's a horrible thing and it needs to, you know, and we have to do, you know, we have to do what we need to do to make that go away. Um, so, so, but the problem is because it's so indefensible, they use it all the time on everyone. Well, think about child pornography. Like that's just what the FBI, what everyone uses um, to pry things open for a variety of other issues as well. And so, um, and so I think that Apple may be trying to head that off, um, that, that argument, especially as they go into, you know, a variety of hearings and so on and so forth in the fall. And so um, I, I can see why that they would do that, but I think it's just a stunningly <laughs> uh, bad idea. I mean, because they just opened up, they just opened up a weren't like there was a, like, we don't know how to do this. We can't do it. We, we're going to continue to close things off and make it impossible to get in. And then they suddenly went the other direction. And I think it's, you know, other, for other people, for Google or other, we, we don't expect to have any privacy. <laughs> we shouldn't have, we shouldn't expect to have any privacy. Well, ironically, um, you, you know, might but, have but more Apple, privacy now with an Android phone than right. you do with well, an Apple phone. And that's the fundamental thing is that Apple had, it, it's, it, it, the problem for Apple is not what they're doing. It's that it just goes, it's so hard to separate it from the marketing that they already have been doing for so long. And I think that's the real complexity for them. In this letter, an open letter against Apple, against Apple's privacy invasive content scanning technology, which has many thousands of signatures now, uh, this is bold in the first paragraph. Apple's proposal introduces a backdoor that threatens to undermine fundamental privacy protections for all Apple users of Apple products. Is that a fair characterization, Renee? So I can give you, well, I'll give you Apple's answer, then I'll give you my answer, um, because I think both are important. I always like to look at the company's answer because then I can see whether it's true or not. Apple's answer to this, I think, would be they can no longer abide having the CSAM material on their servers. But because of their previous and their current stance on privacy, they just refuse to do server-side scans. They don't want to look at everybody's images on the cloud. And why now, I think, is a twofold answer. One is they've architected the technology that they believe allows them to do. And they really do believe this in a more private way. Like, they see anything on device. And this is where I think there's a big disconnect. They see anything on device as being private, where we see it being on device being private if it's done for us. But when it's being done for somebody else, we see it as incredibly intrusive. And though I think that's a, a mental disconnect there. But they believe that this is a more privacy-centric way of doing it. And there are a bunch of... I don't Because, think by the way, they're presumably scanning your device for viruses, your emails they are, being scanned And also for, for DRM. Like, you can't take a screenshot right. of a Hollywood movie on your iPhone. On right. my iPhone, I can't, I can't tell you how angry that makes me that I can't take... It's nothing compared to this, obviously. But the simple fact that I can't take a screenshot of a movie. But I'm getting... The other, the other thing is that, there's a bunch of laws. Canada has them. The UK has them. The UK, EU is proposing them where there's going to be minimal response time and maximum fines for... This kind of stuff and also for some copyright material. And Apple's not deploying it internationally yet, but their, their legal teams are absolutely looking, like every company, at what the obligations are going to be there. Yeah. So, and I, by the way, I should have said this right at the beginning. Nobody on this panel, nobody in their right mind is for protecting 
child pornographers or CSAM material. That's not the debate at this point, and I don't think. Nor anybody... do we hate privacy. No. Yeah, like you can you can have a discussion about this without without approving of child uh, child endangerment or. And the other thing I, I say is that Apple's response to the back door is they will say emphatically that it is not one that it was architected to not be one. They understand that governments are going to see that it's one, just like we, a lot of people are seeing that it's one, and it might increase the pressure. But they say that pressure has always been there. There, those that pressure is there. Last week it'll be there next week, and they will go and. As often as they have to explain in excruciating detail why it's not a backdoor and why they can't do anything more with it than what they said they can do. Yeah. I, uh, this be, is uh, a, a, a um, piece from rentafounder.com. Uh, uh, Olivier is a uh, computer scientist who does perceptual hashing and is an expert in forensic per- perceptual hashing. One of the points he brings up is Apple's claim of a trillion... <laughs> One in a trillion is on the face of it absurd. It's, un, you know, it's, it's, that's PR, not fact. We don't so that's know what's being what th- misunderstood too. It's not based on the perceptual hashing. That's based on the entire process, including the human review. Yeah, and they that's why they're you doing add the, in va- the threshold the, and you the add safety in the human vouchers. Review, yeah. That's what it's, it's still, the, it's the still on, obviously. A made-up number. Misleading. No one can yeah. know what that number yeah. is. It's if, if people are misunderstanding it, it's because Apple, I think, in, uh, specifically chose to pick to a methodology that people would not really not really understand to begin with. So, but that's that's. And totally I understand Apple. Apple saying, "Look, we're doing everything," but to say it's one in a trillion right. is is, is ins- it's one is in a kajillion. It's ins- it's yeah. not a reasonable thing to say. So yep. let's yeah. let's say Apple another mistake. Oh, if, if I could add just really quickly, I also want to point out that like I, I've spent the last three days trying to make sure that all the technology is explained as accurately as possible. But I like you can just hate this. Like it is totally fine. If the technology can be the best thing in the world, could be bulletproof. There could be zero issues with it at all, and you can still absolutely legitimately think this is the worst idea ever. Yeah. So that's one of the, like if I if I if I'm like explaining yeah. the technology, it's not because I agree with this ethically. No, no, we want all. everybody. That's part of the problem. Was everybody rushed to judgment? Apple didn't do a good job of communicating it. There was some, there were some misunderstandings. I think John Gruber uh, and some fear mongering with the technology. Fear mongering, <laughs> like, but John Gruber, I think, did a good job of describing it and pointing out that people like Reed Albergati in the Washington Post had misstated what Apple was doing. I think now, after you know, we've had time to reflect. Uh, I think it. I think it's important that we explain what this technology is, and then we yeah. can then think about well, what are the implications of it. Argue against what it is, not what you worried that it was going to be. Right. Yes. Ben Thompson, I think, on Stratechery makes the point I would probably agree with most, which is Apple should absolutely have done this with iCloud as pretty much everybody else has done. Apple's mistake was to extend it to the phone. And I agree. I, I, I think that I, I don't think in any, this, any of this would have gone anywhere <laughs> if it had been iCloud because they've, they've been they let law enforcement agencies into iCloud all the time. We know you that know, iCloud's and, not secure. Yeah. They would have right. gotten they would have gotten headlines anyway, but I don't think it would have been the same. Just, and some of some of yes. some have speculated that maybe that's because Apple was about to do fully end-to-end encrypted iCloud and in order to forestall the objections from police to that they introduced the CSAM technology. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and the it's, and the the uh, the contact recovery system, which they 
the reason they didn't do that, people say it's because the FBI. They didn't do that before because people lost access to their data. And that was terrible for Apple. They yeah. had so many We've reports of that. So that. they stopped. Yes. But that will allow the, this new thing with iOS 15 will allow them to recover accounts because you can suggest a contact. Right. Yeah. There's two things I would like to see with this. Like the, if I if I was in charge of this, if I got my wish list, I would make I would switch the communication protections to not make a notification at all, but to do a block instead, which I think protects the chances of of um, outing and also is in line with how the content parental things happen anyway. And I would also move the stuff off device and into a relay server the way private relay works because Apple wants zero knowledge. That's fine. But you, if they could do the hash matching on a separate relay server, that way we would not have it on our devices and Apple would not have full knowledge of the system. And I think in that way, everybody wins. I'm not a privacy engineer. I have no responsibility here whatsoever. But if I had my druthers. There are potential harms, particularly to that a separate kind of scanning that Apple is doing looking for uh, pornographic images uh, on kids' phones. Kendra Albert, who's a lawyer at the Harvard Law School's Cyber Law Clinic, says uh, that these child protection features are going to get queer kids kicked out of their homes, beaten or worse. Yeah. She says, I just know, calling it now, that these machine learning algorithms are going to flag transition photos, for instance. And that's yeah. going to be a real harm yeah. to kids Brianna in transition. Brianna Wu made a similar statement yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, Alex, you, you started. Uh, I, I want to give you some time to, to tell us how you feel. Well, no, I, I just think I just think that I think the cloud would have been fine. <laughs> I think even as a parent, I don't. Yeah, absolutely. I, even as a parent, I am I am uncomfortable with the idea that it's scanning through my kid's phone. Extremely. You know, like, yes. Like, so the thing is, is that I'm I I have kids that are twelve and thirteen years old. They are the target, of, you know, of of what this would be. I mean, they're they're at the time when you'd have to worry about it. And I would still rather do it in many other ways. Um, you know, we already are pretty careful about what they have access to at home. Um, where they can want, look at it, all those things. So we think about those things. Um, but I am really uncomfortable with the idea that I have, you know, that we've opened up a, a window. And for me, I don't think it really affects me that much. I mean, I never, got, I don't have anything on it that, 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 that it would scan. I don't have anything, even if they expanded it to all the, th- the threats that we're afraid that they're going to expand it to, I, I doubt I would show up in the radar. Um, and so, so it's not that I think that it will affect me or in now or in the future, but I, but I just think that it, it really goes against what you know, Apple has held up until this moment. The iPhone is the one safe place, you know, like, and, and, and we've had this come up before where, you know, like we'll, we'll hand off, uh, iCloud, iCloud data. We'll let the, we'll, serve it on Chinese servers, but the one place that you don't get to go is the phone. And, and I think that they, they gave that away. And I think that it's just a, and I don't think there's anything that can be done about it. Like, I don't think that they, they couldn't say now because of pressure, we're not going to do it. I mean, law enforcement would be all over them. Now this may be a long standing thing that they've been interacting with law enforcement over years to figure out. So it may not be anything they could have pulled back at any point in time, but I think going down this path is, and I, and I, and I'm almost certain that they're doing it to deflect, um, you know, the constant pressure to open up the phones. So I think that the reason that they're doing this is, I mean, they'll say that it, because it's the right thing, but I think that primarily Apple's doing it to deflect the constant attack from, um, organizations like you know law enforcement and the Five Eyes and Chinese government and the Red, and the Russian government to get in, 
And so they're trying, and this is the soft point. This is the open, you know, point in the armor to, to go through. That's a really excellent point. I, we don't know yeah. all of the information that Apple has. We can presume that everything we've talked about and everybody else has talked about over the last five days, Apple talked about internally before they made this announcement. Yeah. And we don't know what kind of pressure they were under. I we don't remember know the, why the, they this had announcement. Had to this is, about it either. Yeah. And I'm sure that this discussion started two or three years ago. This is not like something you build. <laughs> that they built over the summer, right. you know, like this, this, this is something that is years in the making to build something that, that that's this vast. So, so I don't think that this is a, a there's no knee jerk here. Um, this is a, uh, uh, and I, and I, and again, I think I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that this started happening around the San Bernardino, uh, you know, argument, the you know, conversation, and and internal, the, conversation. the, the conversation, yeah. and, and this is an evolution from that process. So, so I think that they're doing it to, um, I actually think they're doing it to protect the phone, you know, from from further incursions from law enforcement. But I think that it just opens up just such a wide open gaping hole that I just don't I don't know. Uh, and as I said, I mean, they, they're constantly under pressure to continue to open it. And I just think it'll be harder and harder to to do that. The electronic yeah, frontier. The fact found- they did say specifically uh, about uh, they tried to address this issue by saying, and, and this is a quote: "Let us be clear: this technology is limited to de- detecting CSAM stored in iCloud, and we will not accede to any government's request to expand it." That would have been which perfect. Is- yeah, which is which is which is nice, and it is in the fact. However, that doesn't exclude them saying <laughs> that basically doing c- command C, command V, creating a, di- a different a different version yeah, of I this mean, system that tags into a I different mean, database of hashtags of political content of, uh, of they, religious content. I mean, we got to remember we're, we're in a country where they they told us that they they only wanted our social security numbers, so they give us money, and everyone was like, "You're going to use it to tax us," and now they don't even call it our social security number anymore. It's our tax ID. Tax number. ID. Yeah. So the thing is, is that like what what we open up things for is you know we we, we can have those things but it's just it, it always evolves over time and and i think that this is going to be i think there's i don't know for sure but i think that there is a relatively high possibility that five years from now we'll be talking about this week and how this was the where it got popped open and then there's all these other things that are happening other, and, and i don't even know if it'll be in the united states i think it'll be in other countries where where people's privacy is more important to them um you know uh than than here um, in, in the sense that it's 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 a life and death situation that, that's going to be more more problematic. To that point, there this is, is a, what the EFF. To hold on a sec. To that point, this is what EFF said. Take the example of India, where recently passed rules include dangerous requirements for platforms to identify the origins of messages and pre-screen content. New laws in Ethiopia requiring content takedowns of quote misinformation in 24 hours may apply to messaging services and many other countries often those with authoritarian governments have passed similar laws apple's changes would enable such screening takedown enable such screening takedown and reporting in its end to end messaging the abuse cases are easy to imagine governments that outlaw homosexuality might require the classifier to be trained to restrict apparent lbgtq plus content or an authoritarian regime might demand the classifier be able to spot popular satirical images or protest flyers. So that's the slippery slope yeah, so argument. There's, but there's I have a, to say, I feel like we're already sliding down it pretty quick here. There's ahead, an addition to what, and, to what Andy was explaining that I think is an important technical one. is that, And Apple will say this as part of the defense system they've built into this, is that there's only one iOS. Like There's no separate version of iOS for any individual or any jurisdiction. It's one image that gets downloaded on every phone everywhere. And that 
adding additional images, to, like if somebody hacked into CSAM or if Apple was forced by a company under a security letter to install another database or to add to the database, that would be on every iPhone everywhere. And it would pop up to an American screener the same way it would pop up to a Chinese screener. And that that makes it not only unlikely, like in America, they wouldn't really tolerate Tiananmen Square images. The EFF gets a little bit wrong that Apple can't train this on anything. It's a hash matching. There's well, no there's no machine but, but, learning but, involved wait, here. No, 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 wait a minute. Uh, that's for the NECMEC hash, but the, but yes. the, but the, but the, but the, tra- but the watching of messages can be, that's a hash. But that, that has no doing. reporting. That has no reporting that's, mechanism well, built into it. So yeah. that's only- as implemented today has no reporting mechanism, but right. Ethiopia well, could true, say, they could implement- Hey, you're doing it. Now you have to tell us to. Yeah. Their defense to that is that could have happened a week ago. Like this system, like they could be put under that pressure at any time. It's they not could unique have, or novel. They could have been told you need to have a system like that. Apple's response yes. should be it's end to end encrypted. We can't and leave it at that. Now they've opened the Pandora's box by saying, oh, by the way, we're going to do this for this particular instance of people under 18. And, and so, you can, you can, again, I'm, you I'm can not, not saying I agree with this. I do want to just open it. Let me get this one little point in. Yes. I'm not going to, and I'm not defending this, but Apple says that this, like, that communications thing, popping up a warning is equivalent to popping up a warning saying this file is too large. You can't send this over iMessage. And putting a warning up before you send it is equivalent to sticking a sticker on it. So like, they understand the governments might see this one way, but they think technologically it's not a sea change in any way. Well, I would disagree, Renee, because you can look at the file size without looking at the file content. Uh, Do you think Apple's looking at our file content uh, now? Well, on the Photos app, they are because they tell you if it's a cat or a dog or they suggest photo effects for it. That's true, and that's done on camera, right? I mean, on uh, on device. So, yeah, I guess you're right. Apple's already said we know how to do this. And, uh, and yeah. Ethiopia could have said, okay, instead of a cat, we want... Uh, if in live text you see this line of text, please alert us. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's, just, that's a good point. They already, just, they've already opened that, that door. Yeah. Just to quickly address, I think Renee might have misunderstood what I was saying. Uh, I know th- there are protections in place that they can't uh, a uh, a government or a, an outside bad actor can't simply add uh, content to this database. It is very tightly locked down. However, there's if uh, if another government, ours or someone else's, decided that hey, this is a great technology, uh, we should insist that they do basically create a second version of this black box that taps into this other database of, of uh, file hashes, image hashes that we provide for them that contains political content that we want to keep an eye on religious content we want to keep an eye on or any other content that we want to keep an eye on so this this box as it's been in, as it's being installed is safe from that sort of thing but now that as kind of like what alex has said now that uh, apple has said hey look we've got this really really slick and secure system uh, that will on device check files on uh, check image files on this device to see if it contains uh content that an outside party deems objectionable outside of apple great build us build us one of those you can you can keep well, you can keep the one that you built for your for, your, for the for the uh, child abuse images but build us one so that at any time so we can get get a lock on that uh, those winnie the pooh images uh, of our fearless leader that keep uh, keep being posted on weibo well, and I think that I think that the Chinese government doesn't care whether you're, they don't need you to focus on anyone. They would love to know where propaganda images show up anywhere in the world. <laughs> like, you know, so they, you know, so they, you know, they, um, you know, and so the thing is, is that those, you know, getting the, that information, uh, they, they could be asking Apple to do those kinds of things. And, and that's the thing that I think is going to be really complicated. It's just it's just a I just feels like a briar patch, you know, that that's going to be really difficult to to get out of. Hmm. 
What, what I find Mike curious is ethically why... wrong regardless of the technology. So let me, uh, yeah. let's, let's, I want to ask each of you, start with Renee, what should Apple do at this point? Yeah, I think that they should switch the reporting. They should switch the parental notification to a parental block, so the parent doesn't have any knowledge of the specific photos. It just blocks the kid from getting it. And I think they should move the on-device matching into a uh, into a separate uh, relay server, the way private relay works, so that they're not on our device. It's like the warehouse company doesn't come to, doesn't get to come to my house and look at the stuff before I store it at the warehouse place. Even if they're picking it up, they don't get to look through the boxes before they pick it up. <laughs> just get you know, if you want to do that, do that at the warehouse. Um, and if Apple wants zero knowledge, put in a relay server so they only ever have the first layer of decryption on the relay server, the second layer of decryption at Apple, and then I think they get what they want and the, the argument about invasiveness goes away. You agree, Andy? What, do you, what, do you, what, what would you recommend? Uh, I think I, I don't think Apple has made a strong case for why they have to do this processing on device instead of in the cloud. I think that the only practical reason I come up with is that maybe they simply don't want to have to burn up their own server CPU cycles doing these uh, these hash matches. They would much rather burn CPU cycles on the device to do that instead. We have a this is a industry. The industry has done this on uh, on 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 cloud servers across the industry there hasn't been there's precedent for it if people have objections to this they will not have any new objections to the way that apple's doing it if they're doing it on on the cloud and i i think that i, I think that ray made a very good point that i think that just culturally apple believes that hey if i do this on device that by then by its very nature this makes it more private and safe than doing it on one of the servers that we ourselves own um, and i also think that a lot of the fine details about this need to be uh, need to be re-evaluated uh, such as again keeping kids safe not only from predators online but from their own parents and their own guardians i don't think that at minimum i don't think that uh, enough people have been satisfied that this is a safe system for children that are in danger in that way at worst i think that there are indeed serious flaws that apple should be compelled to address uh, so this is this is not this has not been done ex- exceptionally well. I think. What do you uh, think, Alex? What should Apple do? I, I don't think there's anything to be done. <laughs> like, like I think that they just stay the course at this point. I mean, there's not really any. They can't pull back. I mean, they can't. They're not going to be able to. You know, enforcement agencies and everything else. They're they've opened up a can of worms. They can't. They they've opened up a Pandora's box that can't be closed. You know, and and I think that they're. Um, I think that they. I, I think I, I agree probably with Renee that that's what I would love to see them do. I don't think they're going to. I think they're, I think that it's now you just kind of batten down the hatch and, and you know, just just try to weather the next two or three weeks and, and hope people let it wander off. But I think that it just really undermines the user trust that, that they've spent so much time building, you know, around the device. You know, I think that's the, that's the real challenge is, is how do they get themselves out of that. Do you, would this, Alex, would this change your decision to use an iPhone? No. <laughs> like, like, no, no, I'm, I'm frustrated, you know, but, but uh, you know, I'm not going to, what am I going to, where am I going to go? Uh, Andy, you already, gonna, you're already an Android user. Would you not use an iPhone because of this? No, but if this had been as bad as people had been worrying before, if there had been a proactive on-device scanning of photos on device, if any any situation in which the device is constantly scanning for evidence that I might have committed a crime, that's a hard damn no. 
that is that is I would have there would have been no I've, I might have even stopped using my iPad if that had been a part of the rules of using it that I am under I am a suspect simply by version by by virtue of the fact that I'm putting photos on this device. That's a hard no. But that's not the case here. How about you, Renee? Would this change your I think you're kind of unfortunately you're kind of change. You kind of have to use the iPhone. <laughs> no, but I mean, no. I, I I walked away from Microsoft because they weren't serving my needs. I'd walk away from Apple in a heartbeat if they stopped serving my needs. With this, the easy out is not an easy out. It's a horrible out. But the out is like you don't enable those services. You don't have your kid no choice or turn off a photo library because that that turns off the entire system at the at the hash generation level. Turn off iCloud yeah. photo library. Nothing gets processed on your device. The bigger concern I have right now is that we are, as a people, we are no longer like 20 years ago. We have such high brand affinity and such low attention span that, and I'm not doing this for false equivalency or to try to like what about is it, but like every company has their scandal. Samsung has exploding phones and Sony rootkits people and Lenovo does person in the middle attacks for adware and the list and Google like steals Wi-Fi. And they, like the list goes on and on. And we don't like two weeks later, we don't even think about it. And that's and Facebook and Cambridge Analytica and, and PsyOps. We don't even think about it anymore. There's no long term consequences of doing these things. It becomes a two new, a two week news cycle. And then we forget about it. And this, a lot of stuff is so much is so important. It should never happen. And, and my fear is like, again, in two weeks, no one will be talking about it. Well, and that's probably the argument for why Apple should just stay the course at this point, because uh, yes. how, are they going to lose any business? Probably we'll not. We'll get new iPhones and we'll forget, right? Well, There'll be an iPhone 13, yeah. it'll be shiny and we'll forget. Yeah. yeah. It, just, it just makes it less clear. Like, it's just, and I think that, that that's going to be the hard part. And, and I think that we as, I mean, our, our, um, our governments are very afraid of us, <laughs> you know, because people are able to organize at a level that has never been in the history of mankind has never been possible, you know. And so we just have to be very careful of where they're taking away our ability to to do that, because, um, you know, a lot of this is, is coming from governments being very afraid that they're losing positive control of their population, you know. And so we just have to be very, very and, and this is all governments, not not just the Chinese and the right, Russians. Exactly. And and so you know it's it, it, and because the the population now can self organize very very fast you know and for 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 good and bad for good um, and but, yeah yeah so but but I think that uh, but so governments are afraid of that and I but I think that we have to be very careful about how quickly this becomes something that we really wish hadn't hadn't happened. Yeah, I, I the one of the broader things that I've been thinking about uh, over the weekend, the the, the the first step the to larger clarity over my feelings on this issue is I do believe that as a large principle that we have the right to control the devices that we own. Uh, and that usually I speak about that in terms of if I have a phone, I should be able to do whatever I want with it. If I should be able to install whatever software I want, I should be able to uh, replace the bootloader if I want to do that. But I also believe that that applies to Apple, that they own the iCloud service. They have the right to control whether or not this is being used to transact uh, imagery and content that they feel as though they have a power to stop. Uh, and so within the right, within the limitations that this is only a feature that happens if I choose to put my photos onto their servers, that's the linchpin of my acceptance of Apple's not necessarily the rightness of them doing this, but the, their ability to do this and why I have to respect that right of them to do it. Implementation is a different thing, but I will absolutely not say that uh, it's not right for the owner of a server to want to control how that server is being used uh, out in the world and the damage that's being done to people through 
uh, hardware that they're buying, they're maintaining, that they're uh, they're maintaining the connection to. They have that right, just as I feel as though I have the right to do whatever I want with my phone. Yeah, I think that I don't have any problem with right. uh, cloud servers uh, making sure that no stuff they don't want, whether it's child pornography or a copyright material, is stored there. That's their right, and they should be able to do that, and you have the right not to use them. Is it the case, Renee, that if I turn off iCloud photo sharing, all three of these initiatives stop? Like even the, the no, teenage... No. They still scan phones. No, the, par- the parent is control... Yeah, the parent is in control of the like the parent can choose to enable it or not enable it for the messenger safety feature because okay. that's under parental controls. You as a for the um, CSAMS uh, detection, if you turn off iCloud Photo Library, it's only done on upload. And the way it's architected is that it requires a server side secret to even open the headers okay. on the uh, that, that wrap up. The vouchers are double wrapped basically, and the headers can't even open. But Apple said earlier today they did an interview with Matthew Panzerino on TechCrunch that once you turn that off, the entire system just dies. It's like nothing, not even, they're not even generating neural hashes anymore at that point. So that's just for people to know, that's the way you can yeah. uh, privatize your phone. The sad thing with phone. this though is that, I call, like, regardless of, like some people are just privacy absolutists. doesn't matter if it's like terrorist propaganda or CSA. They just don't believe anyone has any business to look at their stuff. And until now, iCloud was an option because Apple just wasn't looking at anything. Google was, Microsoft, and now there's no main, not even mainstream, there's not even any boutique options. You've got to basically sync over a cable to your, to your Mac or PC and then handle your own offsite backups from there. So it does, it does for people who are a fundamentalist privacy, ad, like uh, absolutist, they, they have no easy option anymore. Uh, I should, by the way, recommend youtube.com slash Renee Ritchie. His most recent uh, video, The Ugly Truth About Apple's Privacy Panic, is a very clear description of what they're doing. Uh, exactly how it works. So if you are still, a, you know, kind of in mystery about all this, and I wouldn't be surprised if you are. I know I am. Um, that's the place to go. I, I you know, I, I like you, Renee. I stopped using Windows because I was tired of Microsoft for a variety of reasons, and I'm very happy using uh, Linux. You can, if you, there is an option if you want to get re- get away from all this to go to an Android device, probably a Pixel, and then replace the stock Android with something like Calyx OS, which is a, a yeah. privacy-focused ROM that is Android, but is, a, but is de-Googled. Uh, so it is, I think, if you care, uh, there are ways to... I think you probably can't get away from it entirely. It's less convenient. The service, because the services are... It requires so much money to do the convenient services. That's, that's the whole problem here. Why, why we use this stuff, why we make these deals, why we use Facebook, why we use Google is because it is so good. Yeah. I, I have to say, uh, before I buy, before next month and my decision to buy another iPhone, um, and, and probably before October in my decision to buy another MacBook Pro, I'm going to really have to think hard about this. Uh, I'm very happy with Linux. Um, yeah. I probably will buy the new Pixel phone and, and I'll put Calyx on it. And if... If those two solutions suit, I might well do that. Not so much just as a statement, you know, that uh, I, I want to use privacy forward stuff. 
I agree. I do, I'm not ready to abandon uh, commercial, more popular commercial operating systems for open source uh, or uh, for Linux. However, I'm keeping I, I'm keeping my my toe in Linux because it's a great operating system and it's a great resource. And I like the I, I like to just like when I when I board a plane, I like to know where all the exits are because you never know which one of them is going to be useful yes. to you at any given moment. So this is this is why even even though I was an iPhone user, I was keeping very very hip to what was going on an android so that at the moment when it felt like gee i really do prefer the features of android i knew where that exit was i was able to go similarly if i but similarly when it, when i felt like apple was not making macs that were in any way uh, reasonable for what my needs are i had the exit for uh, I, had, I had i had the lenovo uh, thinkpad picked out that i was going to be buying on and on and on you have to know where your exits are and know how to use each one of them in each kind of crisis yeah yeah, but like, you have to think about these things. Like I said, they won't let you take a screenshot of a of a Hollywood movie. An explicit image will never show up in the photo widget on your home screen, like that, because they know it's explicit. Like they they are yeah. increasingly like Google, Apple, everybody, Microsoft. They're increasingly acting like our parents. And and the worst part is you shouldn't have to feel like a criminal if you don't like that and you're exploring other options. But now you have the presumption of of someone like why? Where do you have to hide? And that's the worst, most cliched. Yep. hailstorm of hot takes out of all of this is that you're made to feel that way if you just want to have something that's yours yeah, yeah. it's you know you know it's a challenge for me because i'm supposed to cover apple products <laughs> i'm supposed to cover windows products <laughs> oh, well, we'll, it's we'll part st- of my job we'll, and i'll still have those but my my definitely my my preferred choice is something more privacy you'll have forward. a stream deck and it, yeah. yeah right and at some point <laughs> you know when i retire uh i think it's uh, pretty clear to me that i will abandon those uh invasive uh, operating systems because I just I don't I don't yeah. want to support them. It, it, it is insidious though the way a lot of things these things work. Uh, I, th- I think you mentioned a really good privacy uh, privacy forward operating system you can install on any Android phone that has an open bootloader. Uh, but how? But the question becomes: Are you okay with not having access to Lyft and Uber? Are you okay with not having access to your banking app? Not all apps, even though it is technically an offshoot of Android and it tries to be as compatible as possible, that doesn't necessarily mean that all these services that you have told yourself you absolutely can't do without uh, are going to be compatible with this uh, this uh, this freedom, this paradise of freedom that you're creating for yourself. So a lot of it, really, I mean, a lot of the stuff that goes into our material lives of do I really need to have all of these books? Do I really need to have all of this electronics gear? How much of this is superfluous? How much is this just self-soothing? A lot of this has to happen with our dependence on apps, on services, uh, on third-party data. We have to understand what this device is, what is, how it's there to serve us, and to what a degree we are giving up our freedom by accepting some convenience. Well, and I, and I, I, I think that while I'm disappointed with what Apple did, I think we need to be realists about how much freedom, how much privacy we really have. You know, like, I mean, there is the, the level of tracking. I, I, and I was obsessive about it in the 90s, like really just obsessive um, about not giving up anything ever and buying things with cash and you know, like really not playing at all. And I think that after some, some work that I did, I, I realized how deep the <laughs> how deep the, the thing went. And I was kind of like, well, well, I'll just not be interesting, you know, like because it's just it, there's it's very, very difficult to get out of the net. And so I think that we can do a lot of those things. But if we interact with the outside world, we're building in a pretty searchable database. And I think that, you know, I feel like the problem is, is that Apple just there was at least one place that we this is my frustration is I felt like there was at least one place that that we had at least some semblance of that 
and and that place is is now got a it, it's not over it just has a gap now that didn't exist before yeah i mean honestly and i said this on the radio show on the weekend once you go down the rabbit hole of I want to be private, you end up living in a cabin in the woods off the grid yeah, because yeah, it's, it's very difficult. They, they don't even need to ask for this stuff. Like, we'll give it to, like, Pokemon Go says, I'll hatch your eggs if you give us permanent location status. And I'm like, I don't even think about it. I'm like, really? Yeah. Hatch my okay. eggs. I'm like thinking about privacy all the time. Hatch my well, eggs, I saw baby. a bunch of people. <laughs> Xiaomi announced their own version of the spot dog, the Boston Dynamics spot dog today. And you know that thing is just reported. And people are like, I don't care. I want it. I don't care what data it takes. I want, like, if you make something shiny, like, the, the debates evaporate. Humans are the darndest creatures. It, you know, and it just, it sounds like we've given up. It's like, okay. No. no. Uh, well, I think there's, there's we're, 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 we're food. <laughs> another another <laughs> item on that that I, was, that I was telling you about earlier is just the fact that you have to, you have to respect the difference between an academic argument and a practical argument. Like there was yes. ways that I think of a certain situation, meaning that in the, Inside this room where anything – inside this room devoid of any outside feedback of any repercussions that I can't imagine, I believe that my power over this device should be absolutely sacrosanct. However, outside when it becomes a practical thing where here are the numbers of how technology is being abused in this way. Here is how easily that uh, a technological solution can not solve this problem but at least blunt this problem and every 5% you can knock down that problem problem with are 5% of, uh, of people that are not going to suffer the way that they are being made to suffer right now. That does, that's, not, that's not an answer to the question. However, that means that you can't just simply say, you know, I, I, uh, you know all the entire world is going to be happy that I, as your supreme ruler of all things, have decided <laughs> to make sure that encrypt, everything can be encrypted top to bottom, inside and out. There is no circumstance under which, the, uh, under which law enforcement can take hold of your data or your material. Don't. And then I don't want to find out uh, 10 years later that this is why World War Four happened and was all because of 800 individual armies each doing uh, horrible things inside the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Now that's that's a slippery slope argument. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm, I'm, it all is going to lead I wasn't, to I wasn't World War so Four. I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying. I'll, 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 I'll give. A, I'll give. A, actually, I'll give a more. I'll give a more Privacy practical. Privacy leads more practical. to the next World War. <laughs> no, no. I'll, I'll give. I'll give. I'll, I'll give a quick and more practical thing. That that's actually from my own like internal arguments. Like uh, people who work in the sex industry, I believe that. I, I believe in principle that. Two consenting adults that want to engage in a transaction, I don't think that I have the ability or the law has the ability to say that this thing that does not harm anybody else, again, inside this academic bubble of two people, uh, the, of the uh, person who's working in this industry, having full knowledge, full power, full control, full consent. However, the thing that makes me stop from – if this were a ballot measure that I could vote on, I would have great difficulty navigating the problem of, okay, academically you are in favor of this. However, do you know that this will not, this will not result in more abuse of people? Is this going to be – is this going to create more problems of – uh, people being brought into this country for the purpose of essentially slavery. I have to. That's the difference between an academic argument and and now and then having to have a separate argument about how does this how will this this principle affect the real world? How, what damage could this create that I'm not dealing with? Because again, I'm just leaning back in my chair, having a beverage, and, and stroking my beard. Yeah. Incidentally, this uh, just came out uh, in uh, 
Mac Rumors, Apple today held a question and answer session with reporters regarding these features. During the briefing, Apple confirmed it would be open to expanding the features to third-party apps in the future. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. getting misreported a lot. Too. So my understanding of this is that, that they, what they meant was if like, right, they're, they're about to launch a screen time API. It's part of iOS 15 because they had that whole controversy over other apps that were trying to do parental controls. And this is not part of that yet, but uh, it, they are to or, or thinking about whether they should make the automatic photo blurring available. So, for example, if like not any of the other things, like not seasick because they can't, literally can't. Apple is reviewing that stuff on their own, in their own company. But if, for example, Snapchat wanted to easily add a way to blur explicit photos, they could just add that API and then you'd have to click through yeah. to see a photo. They could do that on their own. They don't need Apple for this. It's just easy for... Uh for, for, for instance, for instance we, 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 we can all think of groups that uh, for, for which uh, social media is a nightmare specifically because of unsolicited nudes that, and, uh, and suggest yeah. material that gets sent to them. Hot dog and so that's, yeah, so that's, that's an area in which, although it's like, oh, my God, I don't want this to spread. I don't want every single app to suddenly be scanning photos and reporting to CSAM. Uh, but nonetheless, this is a – it would be an interesting thing if this, uh, uh, if this other version of this uh, neural network-based scanning were to be available to chat apps and other things like that. I don't want to make light of this, but there's a video from Alana Pierce, really famous YouTuber, uh, games journalist, who said that her only recourse became storing all the hot dog pictures she got and then responding with slightly bigger hot dog pictures every time uh, because that was the only thing she could think of to get people to desist. And some people would really welcome an ability not to not to be shown the stuff immediately on on delivery. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. That was a very good conversation, as I fully expected from uh, the the three of you. I appreciate it. How are you people? <laughs> Alex Lindsay, uh, <laughs> Renee Ritchie, uh, Andy Inako. Great to have all I'm three. So, I'm so glad I'm having this conversation with you three a couple of days before I have to go on the radio and tell all, talk about this to all of Boston. Oh, yeah. This is like, That's my oh, attitude, oh, too. Oh, we're the, we're oh, the oh, right. club that oh, right. tests the material really... on before he, goes to, before he goes to the Apollo. Yeah. No. We're the, we're the warm-up audience. Yeah. yeah. If it explodes on the launch pad with us, he's not going to use it. You, yeah. yeah, he's not you at the th Apollo. You three are keeping Sandman off the stage and i thank you for it <laughs> no is seriously is why i do these shows i want to be informed and so the best thing i could think of is get very smart people that i know in and tell me what it means and they learn me tell me what it means yeah, learn me teach me teach me you know who's you know who's going to teach you tonight udacity our sponsor for this segment of mac break weekly udacity is a fantastic online learning solution geared for people who, you know, love technology and want to take their knowledge to the next level. They've got content no one else does, but th that's kind of because of the origins of Udacity. Started by a Googler, Sebastian Thrun, uh, who said, you know, we're not getting, even with graduates, PhDs, the quality of employees we need. There needs to be a better way to train people to have the skills that we need. Udacity has nanodegrees now with all the industry leaders, Microsoft, Google, IBM, AWS, you'll see uh, team leads from those companies as your instructors, which means you're, you're really learning from the, the people who are on the ground doing this stuff day in, day out. And you can get these nano degrees in, in that are, they're not available anywhere else in amazing areas. Would you like to become an autonomous flight engineer or design flying cars? They've got a degree for that. AI, deep learning. Intro to self-driving cars, machine learning engineer, uh, robotic software engineer. The thing I, th I really appreciate about Udacity is it's hands-on. 
they 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 understand that it's one thing to learn the material and of course they've got you know the great videos the great instructors so you can you know you can watch the lectures but then you've got to apply what you've learned to get that nano degree the, all the courses are project based active learning uh so for instance you'll have to do one or more projects to show that you've understood the material and can apply it all your homework, all your projects will be reviewed by qualified professionals. You get code reviews like you would in the real world, real human feedback. And don't, for, don't worry, you're not on your own because you, the, Udacity has a very strong mentorship program. And you can have you, you know, mentors, you, can, you talk to your peers 24-7. That's important, too, because Udacity understands a lot of you have a day job. And you want to get these skills in your free time. Udacity's flexible schedules mean you can put in five to ten hours a week, work at your own pace any time of the day or night, and still graduate in as little as three months. Uh, this is a scary stat. The World Economic Forum says 75 million jobs that exist today will be replaced by automated processes in the next three years. Three years. You may well have one of those jobs. Heck, I might have one of those jobs. Maybe that's the time to get some training in a job that's going to exist three years from now. Udacity prepares its students for the jobs of the future. I think the thing to do, and I've said this before, is to go to udacity.com, look at the course listings, and find something that excites you. Because A, you'll do better, you'll enjoy it, and it, you'll, be a better, you'll be better at it just because it's something that excites you. And I guarantee you there's something exciting for everybody, udacity.com slash twit. And if, by the way, you're a business, Udacity for Enterprise helps your team master those cutting-edge technologies they're going to need, like data science, AI, cybersecurity, upskill your entire workforce with Udacity's world-famous, real-world, project-based learning. Make sure you check out the Enterprise section at Udacity's website as well. They have free courses, flexible payment options. You can learn at your own pace and schedule. Get the in-demand tech skills you need to advance your career. And we've got an amazing deal. Go to udacity.com slash twit, U-D-A-C-I-T-Y, Udacity. It's like Audacity without the A. Get ready for this. 75% off any program. Please use the offer code TWIT75 for this. This will not last long, so please take advantage of it now. Udacity.com slash twit. The offer code is TWIT75. Thank you, Udacity. Some great, I've taken courses that are great. Udacity.com slash TWIT. The offer code TWIT75. Please use that offer code so they know you saw it here. I know you're smart and you could just go to Udacity.com, but A, you want the 75% off. That's smart. B, you want to support us, right? Hey, speaking of supporting us, I do encourage anybody who watches our shows and wants to support the TWIT network to uh, join Club TWIT. This is uh, our way of uh, kind of uh, becoming less dependent on advertising, less dependent on tracking, uh, and give you more of what you want. You get three benefits. You get ad-free versions of all the shows. You don't even hear this promo in your Club Twit feed, uh, audio <laughs> or video. You, I mean, I guess there's no reason really to promote Club Twit to people who are already members. You get access to our great Club Twit Discord, which is a heck of a lot of fun. Really enjoy it. Uh, it's a community now uh, of of smart, interesting Club Twit members. You have to be in the club to join, although all of our hosts are, are in there. I know Renee's right now in our Mac Break Weekly conversation. There's also the Twit Plus. 
By the way, one of the benefits of the Discord is animated GIFs. So I know we have an IRC, but those animated GIFs in the Twit Discord really speak to me. The memes. The memes. <laughs> Join us. Join us. <laughs> you also get a Twit Plus feed with stuff that's not anywhere else, including show conversations before and after the show with our hosts, special Q&As, AMAs, our Untitled Linux show. I'm actually, I think I'm going to do a, uh, I have to do something for the Twit Plus feed. I haven't decided what to do yet, but uh, I think I should do a show as well. So there will be benefits that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, if you want to know more, Club Twit is at twit.tv slash club twit. <laughs> Yay, says Renee Ritchie. Yay. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you, everybody, for putting up with uh, with that. Now, moving right along. Suicide Squad. It's the memes. It's the, it's the memes, Leo. The memes are the best thing ever. They're just... They're, they're I, love the memes. I love the animated gifts. I love the animated gifts. I probably do some more of that. I was streaming my Valheim Conquests. I uh, got a little less active because I conquered uh, all the bosses, and I'm waiting for the updates. To Valheim to add some new bosses, but I've redesigned my uh, my living space in Valheim and stuff. So I should probably do a feed to update <laughs> you. That was part of the club twit as well. Um, so the most informationally dense communication form humans have ever invented. It's amazing. One picture is worth a million words. <laughs> yeah, they are now because they move. Words. They move. <laughs> thumbs up or thumbs down tomorrow. on the Suicide Squad, Renee? I know, and Renee, and uh, you're all comic book fans. Yes, seven. I, I I said seven out of ten. I really love James Gunn. It was really funny. It was a little bit too violent. Like I, I don't. I have a lower violence t- t- threshold than a lot of people, so it was it was way violent. But there was so many characters that it didn't. It didn't resonate with me for each character the way the way Guardians. No, of the Galaxy because did. there's like a it's giant a, like a rubber ride. shark and a. <laughs> yeah, no, he's great. He, bird. It's Sylvester Stallone is a giant shark. What more do you want in life? It is, there you go. So Georgia Dow has an amazing video up just on King Shark. She put it up yesterday about friendship, about how how a giant shark learns to be learns to have friends. Aww. Oh yeah, you could use that, huh? So you say seven out of ten, Andy. Have you seen it yet? I've seen it. I would say. Eight out of ten, uh, especially especially if you've been scared off by oh my god, it's a comic book movie, which means that I have to I'll yes. have to have seen like two TV series, eight different movies, and I still won't learn what went on until like another two series that come out in the future. It is a very much it's it, it's there to entertain you for a couple hours. It knows what it's about, uh, and Harley Quinn, for heaven's sakes, this is one of the best best movie characters uh, in comics movies ever. And she's more Pordini. She's more Paul Dini again. She's not the harlotized. Right. They they, they 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 had a couple articles about how she, uh, Margot uh, Margot uh, Robbie was. I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. Mar- Margot Robbie. Whatever. Margot. Thank you very much. I, I was tripping on the on the second name. Yeah, the, where the, she and the director were like talking about, yo, let's let's move her forward a little bit. So let's let's just say she had the she had this tattoo uh, <laughs> off of her taken off her face, a property of the Joker. Let's have that change to property of myself uh and making her into something more like what we kind of the more of the more of the kind of character that we less feel sorry for and feel afraid for and more feel and now we're rooting afraid for of. and afraid of <laughs> yes exactly this is I get, this is this is why in the comics particularly uh when when, when written rel you're rooting for her while being terrified of her she's yes. like the word because <laughs> her heart's in the right place but she has very very severe her impulse problems <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, have, Alex, I'm sure you haven't seen it, but I 
I haven't. I, I here's the worst part is I, I really enjoyed the first one and I was really excited to see the second one and it just was like my schedule. I just kept on going. Oh, I'm gonna sit down and watch it, and then I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so so it, it's yeah, but, but when it's, you um, watch it, you yeah. see the bad compositions and stuff. Like it must be like a typographer looking at screen <laughs> signs when you watch I mean, it. The I first imagine. one I thought was pretty good. I mean, I thought that it was. Um, uh, I, I thought that most of the effects were pretty good, and it was just a. A fun the ride. Specular highlight is a little um, bit off on the left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I tried that so hard. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a little rough. But but the but yeah. Overall, I, I I was excited about the first one, and I'm ready to watch the second one. I just haven't gotten to gotten the time to sit down and do it. There's yet. something wrong with me, I guess, because uh, everybody's told me how great this movie was. Lisa, and it'll I it'll be there when, when, oh, whenever we you watched, get around to it. It'll we still be a there. little bit of it. I like the first no, half hour. A lot hour. of people I know didn't like it. Like, I, mutual friends of ours seen didn't a like worse it. Movie. So it's I fine. would have walked out of it if I'd seen it in the theater. I would have walked out. We did walk out. We stopped watching it. But um, so I guess it's just not for me. It's not for my my. Here I am wearing a plaid suit and a plaid shirt. Obviously, I have no taste. You're Perry White. You're I, not I'm Jimmy afraid, Olsen. <laughs> I'm afraid my my problem is like I've I've been falling into all these documentaries that are sitting on Much Netflix and, and other things, and, Much and, I, and I'm having a hard time watching the movies because yeah. I, like there's one called This Is Pop. That's just like all the like the the, the Swedish sound and re and um, oh yeah and pitch shifting and yeah, and I'd how festivals that. started and yeah. it shows Steve Wozniak and how his you know the US festival and yeah, what it. it meant this and, is and everything pop. Else. So, that's what so I'm watch this is yeah this is pop and then and then the movies that made us uh, there was some, there's some Love pretty good ones that's a little. Uh, you know, it's trashy, no, no, but it's still fun. It's really fun. No, no, the funny thing, the movies that made us, if you go to, uh, if you look at the Jurassic Park one, uh, you will not see the license plate, but you will see my car. So what? I, I, you're, <laughs> they were shooting at, I, at the old ILM stage, and I, they had asked for access last week, last year, so I knew that they were shooting it, um, but they shot this this shot in the back behind it, and my, my car's there. Is that a mistake, <laughs> or is it no, fit no, in it was, with the... It did, no, my car isn't has anything to do with the story. It just has no, to do with the fact there. That, that it would just happen to be there when they shot the establishing shot. And so, oh, that's um, hysterical. And they're talking to Spaz oh, oh, Williams I see about in the, uh, Jurassic in the documentary, Park. not in the movie. I got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. My yeah, my car was actually hidden in Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, it's a little extra. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't working in ILM, but you know. I, you know. <laughs> can I can I just can I just give you one piece of advice? If you if you don't see the the Justice League movie, the game trailer for the Justice League video game last year uh, just uh, 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 suicide uh, suicide squad kill the justice league that is like a two minute perfect mini movie that I, I i've actually had to download it and put it on my media server because it is like a perfect two minute long movie that makes you love this team hugely so that's gonna be that won't be my pick of the week but i'm saying that seek this out i, I actually put the paste of the uh youtube link from dc comics in the show notes but it is exceptional i'm gonna have to play the game actually it looks like a pretty yeah. good game yeah. It's a, yeah, but this, they, they they built this trailer like they're shooting a two minute long movie. It's not yeah. like oh, play your favorite character in a world like, yeah. where Batman yes. and Robin are crazy. I loved Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum. I thought they did a good job with that. I like that dark style. Yeah, yeah. Metropolis. <laughs> Look at Metropolis. Ooh. What if uh, starts Ooh. this week on Disney Plus? What if? So uh, what is what if? What if? What if, yeah. what if it's like if you'd make one change? Like I think the first episode is what if Peggy Carter became Captain America instead of Steve Rogers? Yeah, and then they ask those kinds of questions every this week. This is part of the reason I don't enjoy these, is because I have no idea who those people are. I don't. Yeah, see, that, that's my problem with Marvel's cinematic universe. I, I, I'm glad that I'm glad that so many people love it. They're obviously doing some great stuff that people love. I just can't get into it because I don't have time to do the homework. Yeah, yeah. 
And I'm a Marvel fan. I've read most of the stories these things were based on. And it's like, oh, God, why do I what's – the, what's the orange glowing thing and why do I not know what it is and why are they not explaining it to me and yeah. why does everybody want it? Because you didn't read the 13 different variant comics out of Crisis on Infinite Earths and Secret <laughs> Wars clearly, Andy. It was 20 years ago it set up everything. There's, there's, there's stuff about the next Star Wars movie I'm not going to be able to understand unless I spend $4,000 to stay in the Star Wars Starship Hotel at Disney World. I don't – it's not right, I'm telling you. Yeah. You know, I was I was I was appalled by how much they're charging, and then I thought to myself, <laughs> I wonder if I can afford that. <laughs> oh. I know, I know, right? I was just like I was like, how and dare Justine they? has her lightsabers. Oh, it makes I you so you like really, Justine and Serenity like, have their lightsabers. It's I was like, I bet no, you that's for, really for, good. Uh, in my opinion, for four thousand dollars, it has to be open world. It can't be. Oh, <laughs> no, by the no, way, no, no. you have you have to choose the time that you get to visit the Millennium yeah. Falcon. And okay, no. well, no, you you can't you can't go to this section of the ship yet because we're you're not scheduled to see it until four. No, no, screw you. Four thousand dollars. I get to, I, if I want to use the employee bathroom, I get to use the employee <laughs> bathroom for four thousand dollars. I uh, I go to a. Uh, uh, a uh, uh, class of exercise class every in fact tomorrow with the uh, woman whose husband has designed that hotel. He works at ILM, so uh, you would think I could maybe ask for a discount, but no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we. I think Lisa and I may do. Man, she's a Alex worked on the big, movies and they don't give him a. I know man, she's a big yeah. Star Wars fan, and I'm very. Was, this is like it's, tangentially related. I ain't going to Florida anytime in the next. Year, but but, no. but when it's safe to go to Florida, I think I might. Not, do that. No, I have not, a bunch of friends. A, not until Florida. It's a huge Quebec destination. Yeah. It's a huge Quebec vacation destination, and nobody's yeah. willing to go anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a little we go there. We wear speedos on the beaches, Leo. That's what we're known for. <laughs> oh God, that's all we do. Oh God. So a I'm, new. They don't want us there. A new rumor uh, from uh, Mark Gurman, who says, uh, you know. The next uh, iPhone is not going to be a massive update. I don't think they're going to call it the 12S, but maybe... It, Did maybe you say nude rumor? Because my phone blocked it. That nude rumor, you see? You can't get <laughs> nude rumors anymore. I just got a blur. Uh, Apple's next... Mr. Richie. Mr. Richie. <laughs> get out. <laughs> please come out, sir? I'm glad you guys can joke about that. Uh, Take a seat. <laughs> Uh, so the new phone will have at least three, according to German. And by the way, we're like weeks away, right? We're maybe four. Where did 2021 go? Yeah. Like, like seriously. What do you, what, do we have a prediction for the, uh, for the event? It won't be Labor Day, obviously. Um, so that I, means it'll probably be the seventh. Later than usual. Yeah. The 14th maybe. Yeah. Usually it would be the, it would be the, what is it? The, um. Labor Day the, 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 is the sixth. So they wouldn't do it on the seventh. So they're going to have to do it on the 14th. That's what they did last year, too, right? Sometimes they've done the Wednesday because of Labor Day. So it would be the 8th or the 14th. The but there's the been 14th. rumors that it'll be slightly later just because of 95. Yeah. It's hard to tell. So we're about yeah. a month off from the iPhone 13. Will it be uh, a 13? They're not going to worry about superstition, are they? I hope there was an A13. There's 13 inch. They sell 13 yeah. inch MacBooks. Yeah. They sell, I mean, they may. You know, the thing is, like, that's a, like, it used to be Phil Schiller. Now it's Greg Joswiak, I guess. They walk into a room and they say, this is what's going on the boxes and the posters. And like, nobody has to know until they, usually what happens is they have a big list. They have their preferred name on the top. And then they have a bunch of alternative names in case one of those names means something bad in another country. You know, like, for example, mm-hmm. oh, we can't use this because in all the Saudi countries, it means XYZ instead. Oh, okay. Um, so like MacBook Air, I think was Mac. Sorry, Mac, the 12 inch MacBook was MacBook Stealth originally. And then they turned it out. They hated that name. Uh, so they, they go through it and then they pick a name, but it's, it's no more or less 
precious than that. So it could be iPhone anything, whatever they want. Right. Mm. Uh, it will be... Doesn't have to make any sense. <laughs> better cameras. Ladies, go back to it. It's now called iPhone. iPhone. And there is no, there is no number. Yeah, and then, and then, it's, then we'll have the same confusion dragons. we have with iPads. Like, I don't know which one I have. Yeah. You know, like it's... You know. We know that it'll, or German <laughs> says, and I think it's reasonable to assume it will have a new, faster A15 chip in it. Yeah. We've also seen that the display cutout is a little bit smaller. The notch is a little bit smaller. And that'll which, be on TSMC's new 5 nanometer process. It won't go down yet, but it's going to be on there. I think it's 5 nanometer P or something. Yeah. Um, it also, though, the biggest thing will be the camera enhancements, according to German. The new handsets will include a video version of the portrait mode, which is nice. You'll also be able to record video in a higher quality format called ProRes and a new filters-like system that improves the look and color of photos, according to people familiar with Matter. Alex Moore. So what is ProRes? Do we have any idea? Well, is it it, it, a deep ProRes? It's some version of ProRes. I don't (laughs) know what it's ProRes. It's ProRes. It's just going to record in ProRes, Apple ProRes. Yeah, it's like Final Cut ProRes. So it's, it's like RAW for stills. Well, it's not raw. It's, I know because so you can Apple never do Pro raw is, video, and but. I don't know whether they're going to do all of them. I, and I haven't. Uh, I'm not clear whether it'll be the same ProRes. It might be phone ProRes or something. But Apple ProRes comes in a variety of different flavors, from um, uh, 4444 to uh, HQ and 422, and a variety of different. And then LT and other ones there. All of them are better than the current version that that records to the iPhone because they um, uh, the the current version. If you take a good example is take a 4K um, video and you set it to you know HDR or whatever, and you and you take it of trees, a lot of trees, and then you zoom in on that. And what you're going to see is like what looks like a little just designs, you know, because it just can't hold all that data. You know, blowing trees, it can't hold all that data in the frames. Uh, Apple ProRes will let them do that, and also let them have a higher bit depth, so you know, 10 bit and so on and so forth. Now it'll chew up. You know, I, I have a feeling that it's not going to necessarily can't be, be the 444 because you wouldn't have space to record, right? Well, I think that I think that it would be unlikely that they would that they would yeah implement exactly what they have there because again, it's not uncompressed; it is compressed, but it's uh, perceptually very very good, right? Um, and and so, but it's not like AGBC. Uh, right? I mean, it's it's way more data. What? You, I think what, what people are hoping is that they'll it, it'll record internally and, and it'll also let you do what Apple does, which is the preview modes that are still good enough but are, and are tied to the original files so that you can edit them much more quickly than you would otherwise. Sort of the yeah, proxying, so, forget what they call it. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, whether, you know, whether it's, it's um, num- you know, pixel for pixel and, and what, how they're going to implement that. But the, the goal will be probably that you have a lot more to edit. Like you're really turning the phones into real capture devices. Uh, right now, they're still, they're still kind of toys <laughs> you know, when it comes to it. It's cool that they can do what they do. And they do an amazing job. They're pretty but good. They're still, but the quality of the capture, as someone who captures on bigger cameras, is you're, you're still like, oh, it's cute. Um, but but the, the, the sensor and the lenses stand way out. It, what's the weak point right now that I think Apple's starting, getting ready to address is what it saves it in mm-hmm. to the to the phone, mm-hmm. um, and again, long you'll run out of drive space really fast if you, depending on how they do it. My guess is it's going to be some version of ProRes that is not um, what we normally think of as ProRes. It'll be some version for the phone that's way better than HEBC, but not the ProRes that we're used to cutting. But I could be wrong. 
Is HEVC that bad? It's pretty, I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty good. <laughs> HEVC is really good. I mean, it's really efficient for what it is. Yeah. You just have to, you know, it's not, but it's not the replacement for a true because it's it's also what we call long op, which means that it saves very few. You, H, you know, it's it's painted. It needs to have all the frames there, so it's cutting it becomes harder. Um, it becomes a little more sluggish, and so um, it's. What HEVC is really good at is taking a really, really big image and making a really small image and keeping an enormous amount of the fidelity, but it's not keeping all the fidelity. Um, as you go into ProRes, you're going to get into a possibility of, of keeping a lot more of that fidelity that's just impossible, and it just means it's going to be much, much larger files. So it's not that it's, uh, you know, but people who want to use the phone that way potentially could, and it could mean that they're also going to put much more memory in some of the phones. So the Pro version might have... A couple terabytes or you know whatever in it you know as far as memory as well yeah um and you have to transfer it over wi-fi because they're not giving you usb-c or thunderbolt am i <laughs> foolish to think that this quote filters oh like let, let me let me live Sorry. let me live in delusion for at least another year <laughs> renee Don't, let me believe that Sorry. i will not live long so enough sorry. to see a, a, a portless phone iphone as sad as that might be that i die i think that there's a high 22 <laughs> I think that there's a high probability that that it that it may be portless, but it doesn't mean that it will not have those kind of contacts that we see inside the, the iPad that could potentially have the support forty forty gigabits way, per second. Way more convenient than USB C. <laughs> Thank God. Thank you, Apple, for giving us pogo pins instead of a USB C port. <laughs> There's always a Google Pixel 6 with the, the Calyx OS on it, Andy, uh, for you <laughs> hardcore. I'll, I'll leap, I'll, I'll, leap I'll, I'll drive over that cliff and that convertible with you. I want to die with you. With <laughs> my... MKV and Og Vorbis editing. Just, I'll step away. <laughs> um, there's something satisfying, by the way, about moving to a cabin in the woods and being off the grid. I'm just saying. If you do patent encumbered Linux, it's even more fun. Oh, God. So they do call... So German says a new filters-like system that improves the look and colors of photos. Reading between the lines, maybe a LUT system of some kind? Or what what do you think that is? Maybe they'll bring Gotham back now that Instagram is (laughs) never going to do that. I'm sorry, I do not get those references. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, being able to apply LUTs would be amazing. Wouldn't that you be know, nice? Like, yeah, have it yeah. kind of built in, and it opens up a whole new set of things that are uh, and LUTs for people who are, who are listening are basically what they're lookup tables. Um, so they basically just say transfer. It's like a curve that you'd see in Photoshop, but imagine that in three D. And so it's just moving the color information um, in the color inside of. If you think of color as a cube, it's moving it inside of that space um, so that you can do very delicate transforms, um, and they come in different numbers of points of resolution, but. Um, Anyway, it's how a lot of us transform a lot of video. And it's, <laughs> so, not, I mean, it's not to say that you would want, I know you would, but I would want to do this 3D manipulation. But that if they used a standard like that for filtering, people like Alex could create LUTs that he could, you could then download. Well, you could, yeah, and, and, and there are apps that, that do LUTs, LUTs now. I mean, I think that you can do LUTs with Filmic Pro, and, and I yeah. think some of that stuff is already there. It's not yeah. like it doesn't exist. But having it really easy and part of the phone and just something like, oh, I can load a LUT. Um, you know, into it, 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 there's a lot of LUTs out there that that would be people Especially would really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. So you get to see what it looks like when you when you shoot it. Am I crazy yeah. to kind like of Fuji read between LUT. the lines on the new filters like system and yeah. think maybe that's LUTs? <laughs> that's if, if you didn't know what a LUT was, that might be how you'd describe it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like filters, but they're not. not. 
it's not real, so it could be anything we want it to be. When I we know. announce it, we'll all be yeah, disappointed exactly. because it won't be exactly what we want. But for it's now, a, we can dream. Actually, we think that it's actually a 200-point LUT. That doesn't really exist, <laughs> yeah. but it would be amazing. It's a new Such a beautiful lie. filters-like system it that improves... It made a deal with, a le- with Ari... <laughs> the look and colors of photos. The look. And right, it just sounds. It sounds. sounds like it Lutz, just sounds right? very much like Lutz. Yeah. <laughs> like again, yeah. a, a press person who does, who doesn't know what that is. It right. Would, so Peter sounds a lot like that. Uh, or, or yeah, you Lightroom, know, I bet Mark Lightroom does. Kerman does, but he's not going to. Maybe maybe he's not going to put that in Bloomberg. I don't know. Does he? <laughs> does he? Does he really? <laughs> does he uh, beyond the camera enhancements, the new fine iPhones will get. He says relatively modest upgrades because of the you know big redesign uh, this year in the 5g wireless networking and and so forth um same Getting five a better modem that's i'm looking forward to that will we get a better modem not not a qualcomm yeah, in other x60 yeah. it'll, it'll still be qualcomm it, oh. it's, except last year we got the x65 uh, the x55 now we're getting the x60 which is on samsung's five nanometer process so it's not quite so power hungry good so better battery life same 5.4 yeah. inch and 6.1 inch regular sizes 6.7 inch pro same design. It would be what Apple if used you like to call the small an small iPhone. Yeah, yeah. It, it it could still be. It could still be a twelve S. That's a marketing decision. It, 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 if if they want to goose sales, they use a full number. If they want to lower expectations, they use an S. But if you like the small version of the phone, that's apparently the last year they're going to make. At least for a while, they're going to make a small, a tiny, a mini iPhone. So if you want that, get it now and then ride that into the sunset like your John Moltz. <laughs> The ProRes feature, he writes, would follow last year's edition of Pro Raw. Um, here's more about the filters. Another feature will let users better control the look of colors and highlights in their pictures. Users will be able to choose from several styles to apply to their photos, including for one for showing colors at either a warmer or cooler temperature while keeping whites neutral. Another option will add a more dramatic look with deeper shadows and more contrast. And the company is planning a more balanced style for showing shadows and true-to-life colors with a brighter appearance. It will differ from standard filters by precisely applying changes to objects and people across the photos using AI rather than a single filter across the entire picture. Oh, that isn't Lutz, but that's something interesting. Yeah. That's content-aware filters. Separating the lighting effects for foreground and background would be pretty big. Yeah. Well, and that's that's using, potentially using the LiDAR to know what are objects and what aren't. So it can use AI, but in some of the phones, it'll actually know these are subjects for this and these aren't. You know, so it's, it's really interesting. At the very bottom of the article, he says the company is also working on a revamped MacBook Pros with in-house chips likely to be dubbed M1X, a redesigned iPad mini, and an entry-level iPad geared at students. It's also preparing new Apple Watches and entry-level AirPods. Obviously, I, they, well, not obviously, but I doubt they'd announce all of that next month. The AirPods are easy to float into um, an iPhone an announcement, iPhone. and then... It just depends if they're ready because they want to sell them for the school season if they can. If they're yeah, not earlier ready, they'll do October. Better. Yeah. But Apple's people are like a lot of the stuff becomes practical. It's like Apple's like, is it ready to ship? Yes. What's the next event? Okay, do it. It's not uh, <laughs> much more complicated than that. I, but I would yeah. think that there's also a sense of we don't want to dilute the impact of the iPhone, right? They but, want to sell, and there's yes, people who but, are buying a MacBook who won't buy an iPhone. Right. Okay. And also considering considering how much money comes in because of AirPods, the sooner you can turn those taps on, I'm sure, the the better as far as Apple's concerned. Yeah. Yeah. License to print. If money. you were worried about privacy uh, as an iPhone owner, you you definitely don't want to be a call center worker. Apple is going to <laughs> monitor them with cameras in their houses 
Uh, Apple denies this, though. I think that's important. This is from NBC News. Yeah. Yeah. This is this one's a little bit a little bit complicated. There's there's subcontractor subcontractors, so they're not working directly for Apple. Uh, a lot of them are now working from home as opposed from working from a call center. And there is a internationally international blight of software that's being used to manage these call centers remotely. Some of which use uh, artificial intelligence based on cameras to detect. Hey, this person had their cell phone like on their desk. They shouldn't have it on their desk. Hey, they 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 were not typing or, or mousing at this point, and uh, send all these reports to managers. Uh, and so they're complaining that the, these individual employees are complaining that their immediate managers uh, and their the company, the subcontractors they're working for are asking slash insisting that they have these cameras installed. The pushback is uh, not only just on the principle of surveillance, but also that, hey, look, I am working from home. This camera, this camera is like in my bedroom on my computer. I don't want a camera in my bedroom. They're also because they can't really control because the uh, uh, contractor can't control what they're going to catch. They have to like ask for permission to also take video of kids and other people in the house so that's what the pushback is about apple said that they did a review of uh, of all of their subcontractors in the area and didn't find any problems what i found uh, the only thing that was not satisfying to me was that i don't i don't think they specified if they did this after these complaints were coming out and if they were doing an investigation based specifically on these problems so uh, it's it's wrong to say that apple is demanding cameras being put in these workers homes However, um, I, I want Apple to say that, hey, we've looked at this particular request and made sure that this contractor is not making this demand that we don't approve of and that is counter to our agreement. Apple says the company prohibits the use of video or photographic monitoring by our suppliers and have confirmed that Teleperformance, which is the supplier that NBC uh, was talking about, does not use video monitoring for any of their teams working with Apple. Uh, Apple has also, according to The Verge, uh, been shutting down employee-run surveys on pay equity, which is, according to labor law, uh, illegal. Apple insists it does not have a problem with pay inequality. Skeptical Apple employees, this is uh, from The Verge, have been trying to verify that claim by sending out informal surveys on how much people make. But the company shut down the three of those surveys, citing stringent rules on how employees can collect data. Mm. I actually that's, that's understand the- why they would do that, uh, but apparently it's it's illegal according to U.S. law. Say so you can hatch it, it, eggs faster by doing it. Everyone will sign up. <laughs> yeah. How are your eggs, yeah. by the way, Renee? I hear they're... They're hatching fast. Repetitive. <laughs> Repetitive. <laughs> hatch yeah. my hatch my eggs. No, you know, just like you on the Pokemon Go, I turned on the, what do they call that feature where it monitors your movement even when yeah, you... Yeah, it just gave, like, the, the thing that I spent years protesting that I would never, ever give away, it yeah. like, gives me, makes me to turn on in a second. I hate myself. Hey, it's just Niantic, <laughs> a Google company. Yes. Um, <laughs> quick, quick, quickly, though, it is a, the, the, the law that, that's being talked about there is that it's illegal to prevent employees from... Uh, possibly organizing themselves on company property that's from a long time ago recognizing the fact that that's the that's the that's the best opportunity that people have to organize you, you can't go house to house town to town uh, when everyone's sitting together in one space at the, during the lunch hour that's a great place to talk about the uh, common grievances uh, and so it, it, but it's a difficult it, I think it becomes a little bit more complicated when it becomes okay but if we if we're talking about this in 1970s lingo is it okay to use the company's mimeograph machine 
machine to, right. <laughs> to print up these oh, ballots about uh, and, and info, info things. And a lot of this stuff is, is it okay to use internal mailing, mailing lists, internal uh, message boards to do labor organizing? I don't think that question has really been settled adequately. Yeah, I don't. There's lawyers that say thing a lot of things. Right, <laughs> you can always get a lawyer yet. to say anything. So it hasn't. We haven't gone to court yet. So like it's right. until until the Supreme Court tells us that it's illegal, then it doesn't really exist. You know, it's just a lawyer's opinion. And so so lawyers saying it is good press, but it just doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, and I think that there's there's a slippery slope here that i mean obviously people need to have the right to to talk to each other about this stuff but but i think that uh employees can get pretty i've been in situations where i was an employee that wasn't really interested in playing any employee reindeer games you know and and i got a lot of pressure from other employees to you know to be part of all the things that they wanted to do. And I'm not going to get into the details of it, but I felt a lot of pressure of it. And I didn't think that the, I didn't think they should be doing that at the company. <laughs> you know, so around me, oh, yeah. you know, and so like, you know, and I just want to be left alone. So we can, it, it sounds like, Oh, Apple is just, but again, it's, it's people's privacy. It's their, it's their, their information that people are asking for. Um, and that may or may not be appropriate and they should probably take it to court and find out, you know, like, you know, and, and they can, you know, I think that if the employees really feel like this, the reason they're probably publishing this is because they probably don't have a case, you know, and so they, they've signed uh, away a bunch of agreements. Way. Well, they should, they should then take it to court, you know, like, like, like the, but if they, if they, they should take Apple to court over it. But I think that as an employee, I don't want people, I generally don't like, I, I will admit when I was an employee, I mean, I'm an employee now. I don't really like getting into any of the drama around it. I just want to do my thing, and I mostly just want to be left alone. And and so the thing is, is I have the right to be left alone too. Uh, it's my you know, guess that the, well, Apple's so, interest so, in preventing this is not so much to make employees not feel peer pressure, as to, no company wants its employees to compare salaries. Period. Because yeah, but they can they do that do, now. I mean, they can they can they can they can do all of the yeah, issue. Salaries really, is should they, they be by, allowed to use company resources to do yeah, that, or do they yeah. have to? Well, do that's also, the issue. Also, yeah. should 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 we also point out? that by and large it's not white men who are complaining about pay discrepancies right so no no this is protected classes and that's one of the things the attorney said is you've got to be very careful about uh you know uh discriminating protected classes and that might be so 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 but i think people people who people who are not white men inside apple might feel differently about use of company mailing lists to talk about pay discrepancies right. amongst and people and people but people in protected classes might be sensitive to it too you know like we just have understand. to understand that it's you know like it's not like people can get very people who are militant can get really to be a pain in the neck right you know and and so the thing is is that to people who just don't want to play like they don't want to get they don't want to get play no, no way. evidence they don't that, that happened out. they don't no want evidence happen. at all that that okay. happened. it just happens and, all the time we, it, it may not it may not okay, happen here but you know it's often okay but, we, 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 we started off about talking about slippery slopes and how dangerous something can be in principle. For me, I think that we're ending the show, or close to ending the show, on kind of the same note where it is very, very dangerous when there are steps taken to make it more difficult for employees to organize. Uh, and so I think that the natural gravity well here should be to make it easier for people to organize rather than to make it harder. I, don't, I think that Apple is I, – I, I tend to believe that Apple is being – honest about the reasons why they're shutting this down that they were they were afraid of of uh, of, of personal personal data uh, being compromised even if voluntarily uh, however i think that we should make sure that we preserve the ability of, of workers to organize and to again share information willingly those who wish to share information willingly between themselves should be able to do so without interference from management or, or uh, corporate leadership 
Our show today brought to you by AT&T Active Armor. We thank AT&T for their support. We rely so much on our phones these days, you know, and I know you perhaps listen to the show or watch the show on your on your phone as long as as well as your other favorite podcasts or maybe you're on your phone catching up with the family as I do every week on those weekly video calls or watching maybe uh, the latest streaming content on HBO Max, Suicide Squad. The last thing you want, you're in the middle of a great scene in the Suicide Squad to get a you know, a fraudulent call saying your your auto insurance is about to expire or something like that. It got to, it got so bad at at one point that I just stopped answering the phone. Thankfully, AT&T makes customer security a priority and blocks those pesky calls. It's not complicated. AT&T Active Armor 24/7 proactive network security and fraud call blocking to help stop threats at no extra charge compatible devices service required visit att.com slash active armor for details thank you at and t big victory for apple i always love seeing these in marshall texas home of the patent troll uh the judge actually said, yeah, well, wait a minute, not this time. There is a non-practicing entity. That's the politically correct way of calling a troll. patent troll. Uh, personalized media communications, which uh, it was looking for $308.5 million from Apple, uh, saying that Apple was infringing one of their patents. But the judge didn't like the way the patent had been created. It seems that pre-1995, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office would start the term of the patent when the patent was granted. Uh, You'd get 17 years from the date of grant, not from the date of application. So personalized media, according to the judge, was taking advantage of this by applying, but then slow walking the rest of it until they would see that a patent could have some value. And then <laughs> once the somebody else was using it, then they'd say, oh, yeah, go ahead and give us, that would give them 17 years. Uh, the company filed hundreds of applications in the late 80s and early 1990s, but didn't get patents until 2010. And 101 have been issued since then. Uh, the judge, uh, Rodney Gilstrap of Marshall, Texas, said, you get nothing in fact, you might have to pay some of Apple's legal costs because of this. Uh, they call it uh, submarining of patents. By the way, the patent law changed in 1995. It is now 20 years from the date of application. Um, so good news for Apple. $308 million they won't have to pay. Um, Apple's Fair Play software uh, was ruled infringing of this patent and... Uh, the jury awarded a royalty of $308.5 million. Judge threw it out. That doesn't happen that often even in Marshall, Texas. Texas. Even in Texas, I was about to say. <laughs> you know, well, you, know, you really done, screwed you this done up. You screwed up, son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We'd love to give you that money, but maybe not. A Long Island man has credited the Apple Watch with saving his life after a serious fall. Uh, it's He was only 25 an active guy, rides, hikes. He's a Peloton sales specialist. Uh, has four marathons under his belt. He uh, decided to go to the hospital after suffering from severe abdominal pain 
for days. Accompanied by his dad, he went to the emergency room. During the visit, he went to the restroom where he passed out. Fortunately, his Apple Watch called called Dad. Dad rushed into the uh, the bathroom and immediately got hospital uh, staff to his side. And fortunately, that along, along with a fractured skull, he had life threatening hematomas and underwent emergency brain surgery. Fortunately, that uh, that watch notified his dad in promptly. So and that's a there's a lot of these stories. You know, I hear them all yeah. the time now. It's really good. That's why I got my my mom uh, one of those for the fall detection. Uh, I don't care about the 2022 MacBook Air. Should I talk about it? Actually, maybe we should because it does have one feature. A lot of us who were looking longingly at those iMacs wanted <laughs> color. Do you think this is this is Ming Chi Kuo, or as you say, Guomin Chi? Or whatever you say. I don't know how you say it. Guoming Chi. Leo, you did Chinese. You know. Guoming Chi. He says in uh, mid-2022, a MacBook Air with a mini LED screen will come out with multiple colors, which is actually a, Can't wait. a bummer because I was going to get that 16-inch MacBook Pro this fall, but maybe it would be worth waiting because the colors are you, You're going to get both. Yeah. I mean, come on. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> That means John will get the 16-inch. John's happy about that with the M1X. Is it? Do you think, actually, uh, German was saying M1X. Do you think that's, uh, I saw. A, M1X is going to be, so the way, like, people get so confused, but the way to think about it is Apple still has generations and then scale as well. So, like, Intel has Skylake and then KB Lake, but in, in each of those, there's the um, i3, the i5, the i7, the i9. And so there's the M1 silicon generation, which is the same as the A14 in the iPhone. And then there's the A14, and then it's got more cores. It's the M1. It's got more cores. It's the M1X. Then there'll be an A15, M2, M2X. So it's basically the silicon generation and then the amount of cores that it has. <laughs> and you want more cores on a pro machine. The The M2 is going to be more efficient and you know like like better like more advanced newer more novel cores but but efficiency cores whereas the x ones will be the big scaled cores ed hardy writing in uh, cult of mac last weekend i i i didn't mention it but it's appropriate now said that the apple m1x processor would be a billion dollar mistake he he says you you should call it the m2 because two huh then what do you call the M2 when it comes? M3. That's a, that that, that says, becomes so difficult. But then the M3, like you go, you're going to have five names, five numbers a year that way because they're going to scale to a Mac Pro. He says it would mean releasing new flagship MacBooks with the M1X. We're obsolete on day one. They're, they debut with what's essentially 2020 chips in late 2021. He said, should Apple make this mistake? You should absolutely not buy these computers because they will certainly add the M2 processor to the same MacBooks next year. But then, then they'll say, "Don't buy it." Wait for the, like the thing. Like Apple's done this before. They released a MacBook, Pro, uh, sorry, an iPad Pro with an A12Z when they'd already released an A13 on the iPhone. So the iPhone had more recent cores than the iPod than the iPad, but the iPad had way more cores, which is what people who buy that care about. It's like it's such a weird semantical argument to make. Yeah, and then it destroys our ability to know what generation the chip is. Like, how would I know if if every chip gets a new number? How, there's no easy way to tell what generation the silicon is anymore. So yeah, he's just talking about a name, I guess, not uh, yeah. not the actual design of the chip. 
Yeah. Uh, he says the problem is if you do an M1X, nobody's going to buy those knowing the M2 is coming out next year. And so you're going to have a billion that, that, dollars of inventory. There's a new chip inventory. every year. Yeah, it doesn't I think happen. It's like that old Bloom County yeah, joke with the yeah, banana no junior. One, no throw one it away the minute word. you buy it. Yeah. No, yeah. no, one, no one is a giant word. <laughs> it's a, it's a yeah. lot of people. No yeah. one is a, a lot of. Yeah. A lot. Well, but if they're in color. <laughs> and they yeah, have the M2. Would the M2 be noticeably faster than the M1X, Renee? No, so it depends on how you're defining speed. Apple, Apple every generation is about 20% faster. Sometimes the graphics are a little bit faster than that. Then they have, they're more efficient because they typically have better, uh, better node processes. So it w- the single core would be better. Like the same way the iPhone uh, right. 11, the iPhone 12 single core was better than the iPad Pro single core. But the iPad Pro had twice as many cores. So anything that you do that, re- that involves at all Multi-core. any kind of scalability would still yeah. be way better. Yeah, what about GPUs? Because honestly, I think that's going to become more and more of an issue since Apple will no longer use third-party graphics processors. We want to see the M1, M, M series chips have good, strong GPUs, NVIDIA-capable quality or at least Radeon quality. I mean, they hired all those guys. They hired so many NVIDIA and AMD people over yeah. the last few years. Well, but to and- Alex's last week point, they won't be CUDA cores. So it's like some people well, are going to be... Well, that'll never happen. That. I, understand. I think that I think that, that, that yeah. affects... External apps that want to be cross-platform and want to be able to call to CUDA cores or, or whatever, but I think that the the issue is is that the way that the operating system, the way that the the hardware and software use the GPU and CPU and the RAM is so different. And I and I think also what we're going to see again, I what I kept on thinking about with Apple's um, uh, financial report was that legacy, you know, the, talking about legacy components. Um, I think that what we're probably going to see is more and more unification under Apple's, you know, building all of these components that are tighter together. Um, I started thinking about I don't think I don't think this is necessarily uh, the future, but like, could they actually make the whole thing just on a chip? Like they just print a chip and then put it in the thing. You know, like there's very little external components. I think they're doing that. I thought that that the M1 did have the GPU on the same dot. Well, but I'm talking about, I think they're going to, but there's all these other components that are in the phone. Oh, I see. That (laughs) are separate. And how many of those things become, how how many of those things keep on finding their way onto the chip as it it keeps moving forward? There's some inefficiencies in that as well, but there's also. And on die. Right. On die is actually part of the processor on packages in the plastic thing. Uh, And there is a lot of, I mean, that's where the RAM RAM is right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the yes. thing is, is that what we're finding is, is that the the amount of RAM you need is not as high as we thought it would be right. now because of the way it's processing it. Yeah. The GPU, GPU and CPU are going to operate differently, so it's not really a, there's no apples to apples comparison. And Apple could theoretically have something that's much less expensive to make, much lower energy, and still perform as well as many very high performance GPUs that have to live outside of that. The, there's a massive efficiency loss in putting a card in a in a slot you know like that that is there they, so they have to overpower all of memory. that yeah and so that that's they have to overpower all of the inefficiencies of the of the external bus that apple is not going to have to do and so you could theoretically have just the same graphics performance without um a uh you know without a discrete card good maybe i'll buy the color macbook here instead purple it's all about purple. <laughs> I don't know. I have pink uh, Air, AirPod Max, or, or, or I don't know. They look pink. Maybe they're red, supposedly. But I just bought more Mac Minis. <laughs> Did I got you? One. Yeah, you know, because the, the, the photogrammetry. I was talking to a friend of mine, and, and 
and uh, uh, Brent, Brent, uh, anyway, I, I was talking to a friend and, and, and he's, he's like, oh, the photogrammetry, I, the, the listing is 16 gigs. So you should, uh, so I had to, so I'm waiting for it now because I had to order, order one that, because all the other ones I've gotten are eight gigs because they, they do everything I need them to do at Isn't eight that gigs. amazing? Yeah. It's just, but it's you, been, but for photogrammetry, you think you need more. Well, I'm going to test it. I'm going to take, take an eight Good. gig one and let's I've got five it. of the eight gigs already. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to play with it. Yeah. Let's hear. I'd love to know yeah. actually if there is a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Just, 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 just as a matter of principle, MacBook Airs and iMacs should be available in colors. Not, I not, agree. Not like, and not gray or a different shade of gray. Yeah. It's like, it should be rainbow spectrum. Yeah, that's, if the pros want to be gray, let them. Yeah. But the rest of us like color. I, know what, that I remember what it was like to be young. <laughs> I was talking to someone about laptops the other day, and I was like, you know, I, all I do now is spend time on my my iMac and my Mac Minis and my iPad, and my my little my poor little MacBook Pro <laughs> doesn't come out very often, you know, because it's just it's you know I'd rather have the bigger machine and the bigger screens, or I you know because yeah. we just don't travel as much as we used to, or I, I don't travel as much as I used to. Yeah, I have to say, uh, my MacBook Pro is like by my side as I move around the house. I travel around the house and I right. really yeah. like that capability. Same. I don't want to sit at a desk. Yeah. I have to, you I have have to say that I'm a holster? Uh, like a nice leather one? A holster. That's a good idea. <laughs> That's yeah. a great idea. I'm, I'm actually thinking about picking up a, a, a an M1 Mac Mini if I can find one cheap because the, the original plan was to keep this like M1 MacBook Pro as sort of my desktop until I replace it with like a proper like mini Mac Pro or whatever. Uh, but I'm, I'm I'm kind of missing not having a MacBook in the rest of the house, and it's too much of a hassle to unplug all my hard drives and all my screens from here. So it's like uh, it's only six hundred dollars, and that's a business expense, and I like it too much. Consider the source, Alex. This is from Leaks Apple Pro. The M1X Mac Mini's leaked schematics, according to WCCF Tech, show a generous number of ports, a magnetic charger, and more. Uh, it looks good. Looks good. I mean, I, I think that the Mac Mini is really. I'm much happier with the Mac Minis than I am with my iMac, for instance. I haven't gotten the new one yet, but because there's so much more I/O, you know, and so I yeah, think yeah, this that new that one will have even four. T4 ports, two, according to the rumor, two USB-A <laughs> ports, a full-size Ethernet jack, and an HDMI port. That sounds, that seems reasonable. Yeah. No, partridge in a very pear tree. Apple's, Apple's going through a really, it's, this is going to be an interesting inflection point in the transition, <clears throat> pardon me, to M1. Because remember that the, all this, uh, pretty much all the stuff that's out until now is, hey, we have the exact same chip and we've decided to express it in all of the flavors that Macs come in except for the Mac Pro. But now, uh, 20, late 2021, 2022 are the years that uh, that the expectation is going to be, okay, that's fine, but now you have to come back to uh, affordable and just powerful enough now we need the then we need the mid range uh, of thing that this could be the mobile desk mobile desk warrior and we need the powerful stuff that does the big number crunch, crunching and the big processing. So they've they've already demonstrated that the M1 transition is 100 percent successful and the power of, of the entire platform. Now it's time for them to say no. Now we're we're not just going to simply have the same pop tart, just putting it in different selling it in different toasters. We are now going to show how well it scales up and how well it scales down. Netflix and Apple both bidding for the next Jennifer Lawrence, J-Law film. She'll play Sue Menger's super agent. 
I don't. I think that. Well, I don't know. I feel like that's miscast. I think it's more of a Jennifer Coolidge kind of a role. But okay. Okay. First, first of all, in this in this streaming market, entertainment market, they have to be very, very clear. Do they mean super agent, as in no. a very, very good agent, or it's one with superpowers? <laughs> no, no superpowers. Yeah, exactly. That, that will affect my streaming. Was decision. a uh, was a talent agent. Ah, there you go. Who yes. was very, very powerful. <laughs> but did not have, as far as I know, any superpowers, unless it was her poison it's not, pen. It's not James Bond. It's <laughs> <laughs> the film will be produced by Excellent Cadaver, which I'm sad to say is Jennifer Lawrence's production company. Uh, bidding has eclipsed eighty million dollars. There are some mutterings, according to Variety, that it's got. I like that mutterings that has reached ninety-five million dollars. I think I think one of the really interesting things with the streaming networks is that the math is changing for what wow. um, you know what movies make sense and what don't because they're trying to fill out an entire stable of you know they're they're looking at how they do it and whether it makes money on the bo- in the box office is less important now you know and it's it it is or not important at all and so the there it's a really interesting math that they're applying to all of these of, of it, you got to have this many of this and this many of that and Netflix is way ahead of everybody as far as knowing what they what they want in that area but but all of them the bidding is going to i think we're going to see different kinds of movies getting put into it and um than, than we have in the past because of that yeah yeah it's also it, i think it also affects how how the producers actually uh sell their wares now that they know that it's if i'm selling this to netflix there's not going to be uh, not gonna be i'm not gonna make money off of uh off of any other uh sales or releases i can't uh, it's not going to be uh if it's being produced by this company, it's not as though in two years from time they lose their exclusive, exclusivity, and now I can bid up to another uh, to another streaming agent. Right. So a lot of them are going to be saying, "Look, you're going to you're, we're going to, if you want this, if if this is a really competitive thing that a lot of people are bidding for, you're going to be paying a lot more for this than you might have paid for it five years ago." I'm telling you that. By the way, I just announced a huge audition like they're going to do so many reality shows they need to they need to do a mega audition now <laughs> it doesn't matter for what show just show up audition and if they like no, so you know, one minute, we'll one minute one. video and they'll yeah so they'll like andy wants the like the um incredible race to send in your one minute video andy and you'll and end up whatever netflix <laughs> makes out of the yeah yeah you'll end up on one of those things where you have to eat scary bugs and um nope sorry <laughs> Vince, I, all I can say uh, is that the scorpions are very chewy. <laughs> chewy. Gonna, the, body, the body is chewy. Not if you the, deep fat fry them. Then they're a little crisper. Really? Which I really? would recommend, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> my, 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 pitch deck, my pitch deck has has us, our production company is flipping the model as a reality competition in which the winner manages to maintain their integrity and their dignity throughout the entire series. The first people to <laughs> agree to do something that is untoward gets eliminated. Oh, I love it. Mm. <laughs> It'll be no, called... No, I... No, I, I, I I don't think I will be eating that, those bull testicles. That, that's disgusting. M- much less let you film me for it. Congratulations! Oh, you, win what, the, you win the fast forward to the next boy? round. You're, you're looking for a what boy? No. I, no, I'll be sitting here reading a book. No. <laughs> I like it. Strong mores. That'll be good. Uh, I don't know if you've read uh, Carl Hyacin. I He's one of my favorite novelists. He had a great <laughs> book in 2013 called Bad Monkey. The story of a one-time detective demoted, this is so Carl Hyacin, to a restaurant <laughs> inspector in southern Florida. A, a severed arm found by a tourist out fishing pulls Yancey into the world of greed and corruption that decimates the land and environment in both Florida and the Bahamas. And yes, there is a monkey. Apple TV <laughs> has just made a deal to produce a new 10-episode series 
based on bad monkey. Yes. Is this a Florida man joke? Are you getting it, it, all Cara Hayes and novels are Florida yep. man jokes? Yes. Have, have you? Have you <laughs> Do you? Li- you I take it, that? Andy. You like Carl Hyacin. He's that's that's one of those names where yeah, I, it's up to you to screw this up if you're going to adapt this for for television for a movie. It really, it's, you can't you can't say that you weren't given incredible material that would make a great pitch, a great poster, a great trailer, and a great pilot. He, so it's up to you not to screw this. A great up. many Carl Hyacin TV <laughs> shows and movies. I think. Yeah. I think yeah. that they to, to promote the to promote it, they need to put out a little app that just does a search. All you have to do is do a Google search of your birthday and Florida man. Just just put that yeah. date in and yeah. Florida man, and, and it just they just build an app that does that because we have found that there is no date that we couldn't find that didn't produce a hilariously amazing uh, article. <laughs> Ray, Ray like it just Karen. just Google like whatever date you want and then put Florida man, Florida and you will man. get you will get a yeah. I, 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 or no. I want yeah. I want some sociologist for for, his, for their PhD dissertation to 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 specifically and definitively document the first the, the original cardinal Florida man just just like well, we're always looking for like exactly. the first division between exactly. Homo erectus and whatever find the well, first known instance of Florida man that all Florida man behavior springs from. I think it has to do less with the Florida men in Florida and more that it just sounds good. So you say Florida man. You don't Florida say man. Arizona man, no. Pennsylvania man. There's it doesn't, dummies it doesn't in every state, believe me. Yeah. Yeah, you, they're, they're I feel bad because I love Florida and I think we've dissed it several times now on the show and separate. And I apologize to all our Floridian <laughs> fans. I'm, I'm just apologize. By the way, Bad Monkey will star Vince Vaughn. Perfect Florida man. Actually, I should point out in Hyacinth's stories... The hero, which Vaughn will be playing, is always smart, canny, effective. Yeah. And it's always him in oppos- uh, opposition to the, you know, not so smart Florida people that he runs into. So Vince Vaughn will play the smart guy, the smart Florida man. And it will be produced by, and you might be excited about this, the writer and executive producer of Ted Lasso, Bill Lawrence. So <laughs> nice. it should. It has a good uh, shortbread for everybody. Yeah, and <laughs> shortbread will not so appear you, in this. You, <laughs> you, you talk about Leo someone who there will be a hopes. monkey, however. <laughs> you, you, talk, you talk about someone who could blow their nose on a paper napkin and then make that into a slide deck and get a twelve episode commitment yeah, no in the room. Yeah, Ted Lasso. That's all you got to say. Yeah. Uh, I think Apple probably has just signed him up for the rest of his uh, rest of his. <laughs> if only to keep life. them happy and to though. keep and to keep them in the board. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's take a, a little time out so you can all uh, self medicate or whatever it is you do. Way ahead of you, boss. <laughs> Cheers. So, so, that, so that uh, Renee can get his eggs hatched. And uh, and uh, Alex can photogrammetry something on his desk, and uh, then we will continue with our picks of the week. Thanks for listening to Twit. In a crowded field of digital products and services, you can stand out by advertising on the Twit Network. We offer customized, host-read ads that elevate your services and products to our tech-savvy, affluent audience. Twit ads are authentic, specialized, and all of our shows include video, which means we can show off products, websites, and customized videos. Visit twit.tv slash advertise and launch a tailored campaign. That's twit.tv slash advertise. Picks of the week. Let's start. I'm going to go left to right this time with Renee Ritchie. Renee? 
So I, I highlighted a Sony camera last week because I thought it was only fair to highlight a new Canon camera this week. And by no means am I turning this into uh, Canon or Camera Break Weekly, but there are such interesting features <laughs> happening there that I want to have on you know all our devices. For a while, smartphones were really leading the pack, and it feels like the camera companies are paying attention now and starting to do interesting things. So Canon has a new R3, which is like they're more photography centric. Like if the R5 is in the middle and the C and the the uh, C70 is more like a videographer camera. This is more a photographer camera. It does 30 frames per second bursts. It can do it utterly silently if you want. It can do synthetic click noises. It can do manual shutter if you want it to. But it has a couple of cool features. Like it doesn't just do face detection and eye detection and pet detection. It does car detection. It'll track all of those things with autofocus so you don't have to. And what's neat is when you put your eye up to the view screen, it'll scan your eye and then focus based on what you're looking at, oh, which I think wow. is a really interesting thing. Oh, wow. And like we already have these on iPhones. Like we have the face ID thing. So if you could like look at what I'm looking at and then just focus on that for oh, me and I'm not start wow. pa- you know, tapping the screen like an animal. That's pretty cool. That would be great. So yeah. is this... Uh, less expensive than the R5 or is it more expensive or do we not I don't even know, know if they've said pri- I yeah. think it's less expensive than the R5 the R5 is just ridiculously expensive yeah <laughs> at least for me man I picked um, a bad time and, to, to quit Canon I have to say they've really done some amazing stuff now. but Sony's doing is so I think Fuji there's so many companies doing such interesting things with cameras right now I just want to spread the I don't want to pay for everything yeah. but I want to spread the love <laughs> well I gave attention. I gave my <laughs> my vast collection of uh, uh, Canon L lenses to my son who's using it uh, for nice. his career, so I, I guess nice, yeah. birthday maybe we're yeah. going to have to take a look at a R five or something because he has the mark. And Canon seems mark like they're four. all in on R lenses, like they're not making any EF lenses anymore that I can tell. It's all RF lenses. Can now. you uh, adapt an EF lens? Yes, you can. Right? Yes, yeah. and they yeah they even have speed boosters which let you get full frame out of the uh, out ah. of the uh, cropped uh, sensors, which is really nice. Oh, that's nice. But like for what I do, it makes autofocus. Like I I need really fast autofocus. I need quiet autofocus because I, I do the video so right. i don't use the adapters much they're nice in a pinch but the r lens is super smooth stabilization in the body in the lens so i don't like if i don't have a tripod or i don't have a like a i forget a, a jib with me like anything like that it, it's still super smooth especially when i slow it down from 60 to 24 yeah. it, it's just it, the convenience is so is so great uh i'm sure Aunt Pruitt will review it because he uh, loves the R5. He had to send it back, poor guy, uh, but was really impressed with the R5. <laughs> he'll be all over it. So he'll be all over it on our hands-on. It's great. I have one show. right here. <laughs> you have an R5, yeah. So Look how much smaller that is yeah, than the Mark than the 5D. It really is nice, yeah. Andy and Ako, it does but, overheat. Like it, it will overheat if you do 8K and of course, 4K for yeah. Time. It will, that's the only downside. Yeah. But if if, if you only- oh. Uh-oh. He's coming and going. Andy Anako, pick of the week. Uh, if a lot of you are familiar with Mystery Science Theater 3000, that really seminal and hysterically funny uh, series that uh, would basically riff uh, bad old movies with like new <laughs> with, with again new sarcastic but funny commentary. Uh, if you're familiar with that, then you're probably familiar with Riff Tracks because after Mr. Science Theater 3000 sort of shut down its, its doors, Mostly for the baby, uh, a lot of the people who are working on that formed this company, Rift Tracks. That did a lot of the same stuff only on streaming, and they have a big library of streaming Rift uh, 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 instructional movies and like B movies and stuff like that. The only bad, the only thing that kind of held me off from experiencing them is that uh, Rift movies they're 
almost always great, but I can't spend like $10 to like download a digital video of something that I might like or might it, it might just be a terrible movie that cannot be made fun of because there is it, it, it's 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 anti-fun. They, it's, so, it's such a bad movie. Uh, however, they've just uh, created their own streaming service uh, called Rift Tracks Friends. Uh, and so if you you can go to the Rift Tracks, rifttracks.com uh, for $5.99 a month, you can uh, you can stream a large chunk of their Rift library uh, indefinitely uh, as much as much as you want. Uh, and that's exactly the way that I like to enjoy uh, Rift Tracks content, because if again, sometimes these movies, they're just nothing is happening for two hours straight. And there's su- there's such a complete lack of anything happening. There is nothing to make fun of. There is nothing to be funny about. And that's when you bail. Then you move on, on to the next thing. Uh, I will also say that what got me to sign up for it was uh, I fell in love with the uh, riffs that are done by Bridget uh, Bridget Nelson and Mary Jo Peel. Uh, they are such a great team uh, because they add such a – if you're familiar with Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, it's normally these three dudes uh, and, and or one dude and their two puppets. And it's the sort of vibe of like there's like a very male sort of like, hey, we're all just sort of being – uh, sarcastic and aggressive. It's funny, but it's a definitely sort of a three guys on a secondhand sofa sort of vibe to it. With Bridget and Mary Jo, it's more like two friends that are kind of together, and they're they're basically having fun together riffing this movie. This is Devil Girl from Mars. It is Michael. It's a room before the planet. <laughs> the haunting of Wuthering Heights, Last Hill House on the left. Do you think they uh, write those ahead of time, or is oh, are they? Huh? Oh, of course they do. Yeah. yeah. No, they can. They can. They, they they used to in the first couple of seasons of Mystery, well, the first season of Mystery Science Theater three thousand. They were just like do it on on the spot, and they all acknowledged that. Yeah, that was not ideal, and we kind of like to we kind of like to pretend that that season didn't exist. So yeah, it is very very well written. So it's not as though you're going through like four minutes of silence while they're waiting for the next funny thing to happen. Right. They will fill they will fill time with funny stuff. You might have uh, won me over with this one. I used to love Mystery Science Theater three thousand, but I haven't seen any of the riff tracks and. Uh, yeah, I think this a, a might lot, be fun. A, a lot of it is great, especially again if you're a fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oftentimes they go back and they re-riff stuff that's in the public domain. Like they do, there's the Rift Tracks version of Mister B Natural. There's the Mister. There's the Rift Tracks version of I think Manos. Uh, there's the, definitely the the Rift Tracks version of uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. And for God's sake, the, you have to almost applaud that they have to do a, a riff of another of a 90 minute movie all over again without repeating the same beautiful jokes that were that made the cut the first time uh, and so oftentimes it's it's just as funny i don't anticipate that i'm going to be subscribing six bucks a month forever i suspect that That's at some deal. point i will yeah exactly so a few but months I'm, and then you, yeah, but i'm but yeah. i'm going to have a good time going through the entire collection like i said i love these people I, I want to support the work they do but i can't spend 10 bucks not knowing if this is uh, another like puppet master movie where right. it's like oh god I'm, I'm, I'm i feel i feel the sadness that is befalling the people who had to watch this movie 10 times to write this show. Yeah. This is bad. Is, are any of the MST 3K guys on this? Is, uh, yeah, Rift Tracks Joel's is not, uh, right? Uh, no, Joel's not. He's still, he's still doing Mr. Science 3000. They're, now they're doing another Kickstarter to help please help me bankroll another launch of Mystery Science there 3, it is. 3000. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, Mary Jo is... 114% funded! Yay! Yes. So Mary Jo is uh, one of the former Mads. Uh, uh, Mike Nelson is in it. Uh, Mike... Uh, 
uh, the voice of uh, the Kevin, Kevin and Mike, the voice, the last voices of uh, Crow uh, and Servo are in it. Oh, okay. and you'll also recognize some of them. But again, Brid- Bridget and Mary Joe are also part of the original DNA of Mystery Science Theater nice. 2000. Nice. Uh, and it's, it's great stuff. Brilliant. Uh, Alex Lindsay, pick of the week. So, um, a little known fact is that I, what I came out when I decided I wanted to learn Photoshop. There was a there was a little training in South San Francisco at the South San Francisco Convention Center, and I uh, I flew out. Uh, I probably in nineteen. I want to say nineteen ninety one. It might have been nineteen ninety two. Um, and uh, Bert Monroy and uh, David Biedney, but Bert Monroy. Uh, uh, was one of the folks training, and and then and then I got to run into him again when we were doing uh, screensavers, uh, yeah. screensavers, yeah. and and then we did a recording with Re- Revision Three, uh, you know, with Pixel Perfect. Uh, so we did a lot of that with with Bert. So we, I, I get to see Bert's work over time, and it just keeps on getting more amazing. And he actually has. Um, a website where he's been very productive over COVID, COVID times. Uh, and what, what you're looking at in those images are no photographs or scans. So this is all done from scratch. You know, so everything he does is in, from scratch. And if you click on fine art, I think a newest one just came out today. Um, that one that's, the, I think the top one there, it says it's um, Paris one. Courtyard. Uh. Yeah, so that, when you look at that, he he's just has an uh, incredible ability to, build this from the ground up you know many and, hundreds uh, of yeah. layers and the thing is you don't really yeah. get unless you can see these in person is yeah. uh, you can zoom in a lot right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is dot by dot he's doing yeah and so it's just just incredible work yeah. and so um it's it's just worth a if you look at any of the images that you see there you'll think oh well, that's a great photograph you know that's 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 cool uh, and, and then you go oh that's not a photograph. That is yeah. a that that's computer work. enhance. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's like it's yeah. like telling computer enhance zoom. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, there's more detail. Zoom. Yeah. Oh my god, there's more detail. Zoom. Oh my god, there's more detail. Yeah. I'm actually. Uh, I'm in this one of Times Square somewhere. I can never remember. I'm on a garbage can somewhere. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you see, all these faces are real people that Bert knows that he adds to his. Uh, yeah. You see, there's just a amazing. Russell I mean, Brown just. And, yeah, stunningly amazing yeah. work. Yeah, so yeah. so it's just worth it's just worth uh, checking out the website. So that's, that's, Bert. Um, that's his ponytail. Yep. I'd recognize that a mile away. Oh, there we go. There's Twit. Look at that <laughs> on the garbage can. That's John. I'm pretty sure the one in the red shirt there is John Knoll. Oh, <laughs> who yeah. he and his brother created Photoshop. Yeah. I wonder if that's so. his brother. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, I love Bert. Uh, in fact, now that he's got a new one, we should probably. Uh, by the way, notice I am zooming in and 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 zoom all the way in you can yeah, you, you can just, see the bolts on the on the yeah. <laughs> screens on times square and this is a this is one he did a long time ago he's gotten even more more refined yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really great and and only when you zoom in that far in did he realize that what you thought was just a photo is no he decided to make artwork of yeah. those those posts of those, jacket. Holes of those uprights i mean he does you know it probably took him a day or more to do the stitching on that jacket you know it's incredible yeah, yeah. just incredible it's like where's where's Waldo? Only there's no Waldo, which actually makes it as much fun. But <laughs> yeah. like there's so much detail to just keep examining. It's 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 like walking through Times Square, and you, there are people that you pay attention to, people you don't notice, people you notice again. It really is a, a dramatically cool uh, imagery. I'm glad he's still doing it. A little plug for an app that uh, Micah Sargent 
told me about and I've used ever since called iMazing. It is not free, but it is probably the best way to back up your iPhone. Uh, it's really powerful. They've just added a new feature. If you're worried about Pegasus, iMazing now detects Pegasus spyware on your phone. Uh, just a, a little plug for them. And actually, you should consider iMazing because it's a very, very uh, good uh, program anyway for your backup um, you could try it for free. It's $60 for a full license. And now, with Pegasus Detection. <laughs> uh, that is it for Mac Break Weekly, kids. This was a good addition. I know a, a number of people were uh, worried about the show uh, and, and the conversation uh, about Apple's uh, privacy. And, of course, many of you worried about the fact that I was wearing a plaid shirt and a plaid suit. Both of those, both of those fears, I hope, have been ameliorated. Uh, did, that did that just to make Alex's left eye twitch? Like, yeah, ah, scrubbing patterns, ah, scrubbing ah, patterns. Ah, ah, Thank you for the plaid. I sense more rain. I sense more rain. Uh, we do Mac Break Weekly every Tuesday, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1800 UTC. Uh, almost always joined by three of the best people in the business. Renee Ritchie. Find him at YouTube.com/slash/Renee Ritchie. And again, another plug for the excellent job you did breaking it all down uh, on your most recent video. Really, really good. Uh, sounds like you spent so some much. time on it, too. We, oh. uh, three, three days of me not moving. Oh. Editing. <laughs> yep. Editing station. Reward his work. Just put it on auto loop. <laughs> for the rest you don't of have the... to. It's 45 minutes long. It'll take all your life to get through anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much, Renee. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks to Andy Anaka. When are you going to be on GBH again? I'm on Friday this week at 1 p.m. Just go to WGBHnews.org to stream it live or stream it later. Still no new news on when we're going to be back at the Boston Public Library studios, uh, but hopefully that'll be sooner rather than later. Yeah, and now you're prepared. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, again, and I, I, I again, my, 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 I have to, I have to do that. I have to do that, that, that predator like arm clasp with uh, between uh, Carl Weathers and Sylvester Stallone with uh, with Renee because, like, I too for the past like three or four days, it's like okay. We'll have make one list of things that are totally not clear, things that I thought I understand but are contradicted by things that Apple has said, and third, things I have no idea about and have to become an expert on in two days. Well, let's order in. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, always a pleasure. Thank you, Andy. And, of course, Alex Lindsay, officehours.global, to watch the now 24-hour-a-day Seven day a week. It's amazing. Like Marathon. it is. It's become like this. I mean, it's, we've watched it grow over the time here, but it's gotten to be surreal because twenty four seven. You just you literally just log in and and there's somebody there talking about something techie, and we're experimenting with something. Last week, I think uh, Wednesday of last week, I, I put up. Oh, we're going to talk about the Olympics, like just the Olympic production. We had members from Office Hours that oh. are in Tokyo oh. working on the Olympics who came in and we just talked about audio. Like the, we talked about the, the commentator stations and the audio routing and, and just how many people were working on it. But these are people that are actually, they're in off, they're Office Hour members. Like they've been part of the Office Hours community. And, uh, part of that was they found each other to go to Tokyo. And so now they're all in Tokyo and, um, and so they're, we're going to talk about Olympics again tomorrow, uh, but just video instead of audio because we spent the whole time talking about audio because the audio so guys <laughs> showed up, so you know, and, and, and just I'd and, love and, to and hear a, that. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's really fascinating, and and we've had some folks from other broadcasters show up in the in these after hours. Like some, some guys can't talk on 
you know, on the on YouTube record, stream. On the record, so the yeah. after hours becomes this thing where these guys show up and they're like, uh, you know, oh yeah, this is this is this is how that video got done, or wow. or this is what it looks like. It's 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 quite a thing. Congratulations so. on your five hundredth episode. You're such last an overachiever. Week, Thirty weeks, <laughs> five hundred episodes, folks. Thirty it was weeks, five hundred this month. Yeah, twenty-four you know. hour party, people. That's yeah. what, that's your subtext. Yeah. <laughs> Office hours dot global, and of course, Alex's day job zero nine zero dot media. Uh, we invite you to join us, as I mentioned, every Tuesday to watch live. If you're doing that, chat live at irc.twit.tv. Of course, Club Twit members can also chat live in the Discord server. Uh, after the uh, show is over, we produce it, clean it up, chop it up, <laughs> put a beginning and an end on it, and put it up on uh, uh, the website for your download at twit.tv slash mbw. You'll note, though, that there are links there to our YouTube channel. MacBreak has its own YouTube channel, so you can watch shows there, too. Uh, you also can subscribe in your favorite podcast player. If you do, please do us a favor. Uh, give us a five-star review. So let the world know about MacBreak. Weekly. Believe it or not, there's still some Apple lovers who don't know about Mac Break <laughs> Weekly. It's a shock. I know. Uh, thanks to everyone for being here. We'll see you next time. Now it's time to get back to work because break time is over. Bye-bye. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. If you would like to check out more about tech news, then you should check out Tech News Weekly with me, Micah Sargent, my co-host, Jason Howell, where we interview the people making and breaking the tech news every week.